Hello everyone and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, we are finally cutting loose and talking about the patch 3.3 scenario. That includes the main scenario of the Warring Triad. That includes Hildebrand, all 12 minutes of it. And as well as the Weeping City of Mach. And I feel like I'm missing something on that list. That was a really loud car. Anyway, on... <laughs> On that note, now that the car has interrupted me and we're at Days Without Incident Zero, let us introduce our co-host. Of course, you know me, Michael, Mr. Happy Poporomo. Joining me as he does every week is Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. you my boy, Blue. How you doing? Yeah, we're not going to call that an incident. That that was just outside noise, like a train or a car. You know, it's not like you muted yourself. So, we're, we're still a, good. We're still that, you know, it's pretty... It's pretty... Probably shouldn't what? No, it does it breaks your immersion. Well, I hope this gets your immersion going. So we have another guest here, but oh I don't. I can't just here introduce him like normal. Legend says up. he was sent to the show by Heidelin herself to ensure no stone be left unturned. A man with infinite knowledge. He has traveled across Eorzea, sharing the stories of the horrors and miracles left behind in the wake of seven calamities, a great flood, an ice bridge between continents, and of course, the rage of the dreadworm. Even after telling these stories a hundred, no, a thousand times, he continues to study and share his findings on all architecture regardless of origin. The Maki, the Nimians, the Amdipori, the Gelmorans, the Sildi, even the Garlean's history is known by this one man. Despite this, he oddly thinks that no Eorzean, adventurer or not, will ever step foot on the moon. With that, everyone, I introduce you to a true <laughs> blessing to State of the Realm, the apprentice Archon and master of lore himself, Ethis Asher. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and he's dead. Oh my fucking god. I don't know about you. I'm ready to go to the Great Gabal Library. I don't know after that. I mean, good lord. Yeah. And his name That's is the John. Most and his... I've seen you take into an intro. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, oh man. Well, I'm... okay. So, wow. So, some backstory on that. Um, so. Two weeks ago when Ethos was on the show, for the first time in maybe months, I actually introduced him instead of saying, oh yeah, by the way, he's here. And so I watched the Lucid Grind, the second episode with Ascalia. By the way, it was a great episode, Ethos. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and you guys should go watch it. He makes a specific note with Ascalia to talk about how shitty their introductions are. Ascalia gets shitty introductions on LBR, and Ethos gets shitty introductions here. Despite three days earlier me giving him a regular introduction. So you know what? Now he can never say he only gets shitty intros because I just gave him that one. Well, it fucking worked, didn't it? I'd say so, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Just, just I mean, that's that's America. Just complain and and it'll it'll happen. Now go. you see, I'm I'm sure, Mike, you do the same thing. Like whenever whenever you shit talk someone on a show, like it never actually occurs to you that there's a good chance they're actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I was listening. Now, so now I'm like, now what other what other videos of mine is happy listened to recently? <laughs> oh, plenty of them. I saw that Hildebrand one this morning, which is pretty Ooh. timely because I actually did Hildebrand yesterday, so I could talk about it on the show today. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I actually did it. I actually did oh, it. Oh, you did it that right. Okay, so good. That was so. It's good. only like twelve minutes of my time, so yeah, it was it was a pretty entertaining set of oh. Hildebrand. But I'll we'll, we'll talk about that later because we'll you know how, you know how I feel about Hildebrand. So, um, today. Is spoiler cast. We do this every major patch where we just talk about the main uh, main story. We also talk about some of the side stories going on since those are a little shorter. It's pretty easy to fit those in. Um, and this main story was pretty straightforward too. There's mostly just the speculation from the end. Everything else was pretty straightforward. But before we do that, um, I want to ask Ethis a question in particular. 
So right. two weeks ago, we discussed our first day impressions of patch 3.3. Yep. Yep. And you said if you ask me in a couple of weeks, I'll probably still think this was my favorite patch so far. Ethis, what is the verdict on that one? Um, yeah, yeah, I still absolutely stand by that. And, and that said, like, I do, I do have problems with the story. There's things that um, I feel like were a little bit rushed or, or overlooked or inconsistent. But um, all in all, yes, I think that from, from a story perspective, this has been my favorite patch that we've had since ARR, which is, uh, I feel like it's high praise. Okay, but what about the patch itself? Like the the patch, like when you log in, how do you feel about the entire patch? patch? Um, uh, Oh, geez. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to do. It's hard to say that this is a favorite patch, given that we don't have a new uh, a new savage tier. But if I ignore that, then yes, definitely, definitely. Okay, Okay, fair enough. Just wanted to get your your input on that. Since you said two weeks ago, ask me in a couple Definitely, of weeks. Definitely. It's, it's easily the best uh, odd-numbered patch that we've right. had. There we go. All right. Good. From good, a, good. Wait, wait, wait. From a lore aspect, even though we don't have a new uh, Savage tier, when, when we always talk about the lore for, you know, Midas Savage, mm. there's, there's, it's a lot to be desired. Oh, yeah. But I'm not talking about lore. I'm talking about, you know, the, the Just content. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, uh, with that out of the way, let's get into the main meat of this patch. That would be the the main scenario. It is episode 69, so I had to use the word meat. Yeah. What kind of meat is it? Uh, uh, Filet. Mignon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice cured salami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go prime rib on this one, man. He wants Cuban salami, apparently, so he can have Cuban salami. You you, you don't even have Cuban salami in Australia, do you? Sure we do. I don't even have Cuban salami. Are you actually legit going to make a Cuban sandwich? Yeah, dude. An Australian Cuban sandwich, the Cuban sandwich from Down Under. There we go. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Now we're hungry. No, we're hungry. I I ate chicken just before the show. I'm good. Oh damn. Bake that shit in the oven. Okay, so this was indeed the finale of the Dragon Song War. This patch. Before we go into specifics, I asked at this first, so now I'll ask Sly this time. Are we content with how the finale turned out? I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't because there there's a few questions in my mind and there there's a few um predictions that we had like a while back in terms of mm-hmm. oh where well there are all these dragons that we haven't seen yet yet the 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 dragon song war is over are they gonna show up now are they gonna show up when we go to um Alamigo I mean what's well, we, we have been told, like, well before 3.3 that the remaining uh, sons of Midgard Summer... Are there. Or daughters. <clears throat> or daughters. <throat> Although, it's... it's there's, still only, there's only two left, so it would have to be either two sons, a son and a daughter, or two daughters. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, we've been, we've been told before that we wouldn't be seeing them during this expansion. And they would be showing up eventually. Do you, what, do you, what continent do you think they're on? Because there's three in Eorzea, there's two in Mericidia, the remaining two are someplace else. Yeah, I, um, I'm not sure. I don't think that they're going to be uh, anywhere in, uh, in any Galen-occupied lands. I'll put it that way. So that would either mean they are in the New Land or mm-hmm. the... Or New the, World the, or, or Thavnir, maybe. Thavnir. Is Thavnir where, Char- where the Charlades came from? Because they're, from the, they're, from, they're across the ocean up north. They were, well, they yeah, were from yeah, there. they're up ocean. north. No, Thavnir is the, uh, is the Near East. It's, Near um, East, okay. Yeah, it's where the, the Zodiac Braves were from. 
It's okay. where uh, all of, it's where uh, uh, Flamin and, um, what's his name? The, the awesome Rogaden that's, uh, that's with the Scions. What the hell is his name? Anyway, it's, oh. where, the, it's where they escape to after 2.55. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, that's near east and the far east would be Authard. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure we get all of our geography down at the start here before we confuse anyone. So, what about you, Atthus? How did you feel about the the conclusion of the Dragon Song War? I thought it was a great conclusion. Ah, oh, Hori Boulder, that's the one. Hori Boulder, he's amazing. I love him. Um, and he loves Hori uh, Boulders. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was great. The conclusion itself was really good. There were thing, certain things that I was hoping uh, would happen before the conclusion. Uh, I was saying, you know, even a month ago that I was kind of hoping that uh, the Estinian would be properly dead. And I'm still a little bit... Mm, I knew I, I couldn't you're, wait You're still a little bit peeved about that? I couldn't wait well, to hear you talk about that. I think, I, think the way, I think the way that they approached it and the way they did it was, um, was good. Now, is this, going, is this going back to past characters and how we felt about them coming back? I'm still no, pissed about 2.5. I'm, st- I'm still salty it, about it. Yeah, are we at that point where we want someone to actually stay dead? Because I'm actually happy that a stay and survive this. Yeah, I don't know. It's just making us feel awfully complacent now. Like whenever there's a character that's at risk of dying, it, it doesn't feel as as compelling. It's definitely not an episode of Game of Thrones. It's yeah, exactly. Whereas whereas if you if you know uh, hashtag hold the door. Sorry. That's, that's the one. If you know from a franchise that they're not afraid to kill off major characters, then I feel like you're, you're a lot more invested in those critical moments. Yeah, I agree. I, I always want to feel like something could be lost. When Moonbrita, when, when Moonbrita died, it was a shocker because she had just been introduced to Patch before, so nobody yeah. foresaw them r- removing her in such a, yeah. in such a short manner. Right. Yeah, but that, was, that but, was... But that made her character a lot better than most of the other Scions who had kind of just been because like, man... died? Well, no, because they gave her. They gave memorable. She was only around for a patch, and yet she's, uh, you know, a character that we all sort of remember uh, quite fondly. Yeah, I think that. I know I, I did because they had because they had her in the game for such a short period of time. And they spent those two patches really drawing out her character a lot more than the scions who have been around since 1.0, and they mm-hmm. just fucking join us in a conversation and walk behind us occasionally. Now mm-hmm. I know I've, I've asked this before, but I'll ask this again. Are we primed to see her come back eventually? No, she's or, dead as dicks, dude. No, nah, dude, she's dead. She's done, Zoes. I don't want her to come back. We're not going to have this conversation. If, if, if she comes back, I don't think... I think that literally every character is coming back forever. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. Every character is never going to die. Well, there are two characters that we saw that we know for a fact aren't coming back... Um, through a cutscene that we saw within this patch, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, absolutely. Yeah, but... So, last we left I... off for 3.2, because you're going to get into this Moonbrina conversation and never end, because I know how you feel about <laughs> her and her, I want her back! I want at least one of my chicks back! Legs is gonna gone! Just going to nip that one you in got, the butt. Legs is gone, Tiamat's trapped. Put a bookmark on that. Okay, there you go. How, how about this? I'll give you Tiamat as a furnishing. How about that? Great. Ooh, just yeah. just lift her up out of the fucking <laughs> as a slot and then just drop her in your house. How about that? You're in your front fucking lawn. Oh, that would be amazing. All right, so a- so after 3.2, we knew 3.3, Nidhogg was coming for that booty. 
Mm-hmm. All right, like he's that's it. He's he's not content with oh, I'm gonna turn all your children into friggin' dragons and I'm gonna torch you. No, he's done. He's got both his eyes back. He's he's angry. He's really angry. Really mm. angry. And now he's coming well, back. It's, it's, not, it's not just that he's got both of his eyes back. I feel like he was feeling threatened by us, like really severely threatened. And I mean, we sort of forced him into a corner because he wanted that war to continue for the rest of the time. He was perfectly happy with that. I think it was our presence and the fact that, uh, that he was, you know, shit scared of us. Yeah. I, so, he, so you feel like that's why he kind of rushed things along? Yeah. There's exactly. also there's also the theory that because of Estinian's blood rage when he merged with Estinian, he kind of oh yeah yeah he, he, he was he, out for they, they yeah. kind they their emotions kind of kind of came together Combined. in a sense yeah because it's very often referred to as not Nidhog but his shade, which mm-hmm. as I've seen in the chat led to people wondering if Nidhog summoned himself using his eyes using using Estinian's body almost like a prime. Well, I mean, we can talk about the metaphysics of that if you like, because I mean, Nidhogg's, Nidhogg was already dead. We destroyed his body. Right. Um, but the thing is, it, it's uh, apparent to us that his, his soul, so to speak, is uh, very much contained within his eyes. Right. So and- when we say a shade, it means that like the ether that was native to his body, that's, that's all gone, that's dispersed. Um, and what he's produced is, is something different, but it's, it's sort of his soul in a different, you know, in a different form, in a different body. Right. Which is why he's able to change form as he does between Astinian's body and all the yeah. forms you see him change between. Yes. Yeah. Right. Now, I want to go to a content aspect of this because, you know, during Final Steps of Fate, which we'll talk about, you, we, we see Astinian... Um, in kind of Nidhogg form. Well, in Nidhogg form and Astinian form, which is like super Astinian. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a content aspect, and going into the near future, um, with all the conversation of, you know, us getting more abilities. In terms of Dragoon- You're not, he literally uses Blood of the Dragon. You understand he, that, he right? He uses Blood of the Dragon, yeah. I get that. But will we be getting another jump is my question. You better like. Do you you realize you're asking for more abilities? You understand that right now. For another job, a jump, a jump. Oh, another jump. Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe a I, potion. I, I was half expecting Blood of the Dragon uh, to have that kind of effect. I think I think Happy is right. It's basically the same thing as Blood of the Dragon, except rather than with us, it's just like a little bit of blood, you know, just to get us, just to get us motivated, just to get things moving. So it's like uh, a drug. Him, Got it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For him, he's just taking. He's just OD. He's just taking a whole fucking pint of it. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, pint. You know, it's like a. He's a got way more than a pint in there. At least a liter. Well, I don't yeah. know. We we bled Nidhogg pretty heavily in the area. Anyway, mm. that's not important. I feel like it is pretty much the same thing. I feel like we could definitely take abilities from that fight, and I hope so. We could get an Alamorn, maybe. Maybe. No. Maybe. <laughs> You're not getting all the morns. It's not Maybe. You better nice. not, I, don't, I don't want to talk about new abilities. It's, just, it's not a conversation. <laughs> I don't want yeah, to. Do how about this? You as a Dragoon can get another ability. I'm good. All right. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. Fine. Yeah. How about that? You don't, you don't want anything to bring into PvP? Nothing? Nothing? No. That's done. Dunzo. I don't need them to give Ninja 16 more PvP <laughs> abilities that are all useless. <laughs> that, like 10 of them are useless? No, all of them are useless. All right, let's see. So, um, we also predicted, like, a lot of this patch was kind of 
predictable in a sense. We kind of already yeah. knew why we were going to yeah, go we, fight for we, this film. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of us knew exactly what was going to happen with the story before we went in there. And surprisingly, like that didn't make it any any worse, any less enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like there weren't any big twists or anything. It was all like, yep, now this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen. Yep, awesome. Uh, you know, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I mean, finally, by the way, Midgard Sommer decides, hey, I have a child and one of my children standing in front of me. Let me say something, you know? <laughs> yeah, Harry Schmelke didn't seem too bothered by that. He was like, oh, what's up? It's like, dad, is that you? <laughs> you know, dysfunctional <laughs> family. You know what I realized? That was the first time I think Amaric had seen Midgard Sommer traveling. It was either Alpha or Amaric that's the first time they saw him traveling with you because they look at him and they're just like, right. Midgard Sommer? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they saw us was... ride onto his back, but they never saw him yeah. in super tiny. Yeah, they saw him in that little form. I don't think either of them had seen him in that form, to be honest. I think only Isail had. Isail yes. and Tiamat. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were both like, oh, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, so he finally comes out and says something, although he pretty much just rats us out. He's like, yeah, by the way, Emmerich wants to do this one thing. They want to do this other thing. They want to actually save him. So just letting you know, son, that they're, they're, they don't agree up with each other right now. But Horace Velga was even more moved by that. Yeah. Because he's, he's sort of, he realizes that we're not just out for blood and that, you know, even in, in this kind of moment, there's sort of a purity of heart kind of situation going on and he finds that, that really touching. And that's obviously, Midgard Smart obviously knew that it was going to have that effect. But the one thing that conflicted me in this is that, that like, we were trying to do this before in early 3.0. Like, mm -hmm. you sail most of all, and I'm, I'm not sure why he saw it within us as the, as the Scions or whatever you want to call us, or Braves, um, whereas we were with sail who had, I think, more, like, more purpose behind her than we did at the time. And mm -hmm. he, wasn't, he wasn't moved by it. Well, they kind of well, call question because, to that. Yeah, well, that's because Yazelle was politically motivated. You know what I mean? Yazelle mm -hmm. was driven by, by revenge and anger and rage and stuff like that. Whereas mm -hmm. the, whole, the whole point of the Warrior of Light is that we're, we're above all of that. So it's precisely because we don't have like a strong emotional investment. We've just got an idea of, you know, what is right and what is good. Uh, that makes us uh, so much more a, a sort of appealing character to to people like Midgard Summer. And on top of that, I mean, even Alphano kind of calls to that. He's like, if you didn't want to help, you wouldn't have flown a sail to Azizla. Yeah, much. Yeah, so that, yeah, and that's a good point. He was moved by Yazel's plight. Yeah, he just and he wanted her to be able to. He doesn't really explain why. He he does like he explains that she was kind of like at the end of her rope at the end of her quest anyway he just wanted to kind of give her the sending off that she desired since her entire purpose had basically been extinguished well he also said that that her her sort of spirit reminded her a lot of shiva's reminded him a lot you know it's it's weird whenever i see phrase felger when i look at him i always think it's a woman but i know it's not like i don't know when i look is, at is it dragon felger, boobs and I look at Trace Velgra, I don't see a dude. I guess it's just it, like he's got a very it's the dragon got, boots. No, he's got a very feminine like accent on his on his dragon speak compared to the other ones, which are all yeah, really, that's true. Which are all really to be, deep. To be voices. fair, it seems it seems that all of the first brood are, uh, are probably genderless. Yeah, they they probably. So you're saying are. they're a, you're sorry, so you're saying they're asexual. 
Well, yeah. dragons are supposed to be able to reproduce asexually, or they're supposed to be able yeah. to change their gender based on what's what's needed. So, well, they, well, what kind of mood what's <laughs> needed? Well, they, because when they, they they can reproduce asexually, first of all, but I'm talking about right. like actual dragon mythology, like yeah, going back in like real life, they're they're supposed to be able to they're supposed to be a genderless, but they can kind yeah, of English. accommodate. Yeah, so gender for the dragon, like it's not really an important thing. Right. Like, the only reason right. why we call Tiamat a she undoubtedly is because she refers to Bahamut as her lover. Yeah. And we, and Bahamut is, like, that. that's a dude. That's gotta be a dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's gotta be a dude, right? Okay. So we go and we go to Sorakai, and again, we knew why we were there. Hracefelger was testing us. Like, we, we mm -hmm. debated it slightly because Koji or Yoshida was like, it's a deeper reason why we're there because Hracefelger's still kind of pissed. And it wasn't really that deep at all. It was like, he's like, I gotta test you. Like, I, I can't just help you. Like, just show Yeah, me. it was the same thing as we had with Ramu. Yeah, pretty much. Who's still one of my favorite primals to this day, just because he was, like, such a not-douchebag. Mm -hmm. He was just because he was such a not-douchebag. He's got his kids behind him, and he's like, I'm not just gonna kill these guys. I'm gonna talk to them. I'm gonna listen to them. I'm gonna figure out what drives them. And then mm -hmm. one of my children gave you that. You must be at least a little bit trustworthy. All right, cool. Let's see, let's see if we can work this out right now. Kill me. And that means that you're strong enough that you you survive my judgment. There you yeah, go. I like that. That's that's a way better thing than oh fuck you all. I'm gonna turn you all into my into my bitches, which is pretty much how everyone else did it. Yeah, it's interesting though that we've got we've now got like multiple characters who are sort of conflating strength with purpose, and that you know, uh, it's 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 a lot like Gaius's attitude. You know what I mean? This whole might is right. This whole don't, don't bring you know, this to where I think you're bringing it, though. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not going to bring this round to guys. But I just think it's really interesting that the things that were motivating him are are seen as you know good things by by Grace Velger of all people, by Grace like, Velger right. and by a primal of all the things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think that that's that's really telling. That's really interesting. Oh man. Well, I mean, one thing that was interesting to me is I wanted to see the things we didn't get to see with Sorkai, in that I wanted to see Amrik. I think it was Amrik fought Vidolfnir, and Alphano fought uh, Ved, Vedderfolnir. Vedderfolnir, yeah. Vedderfolnir, yeah. Right. Their names are so friggin' close that I like. And I was writing this down. Like, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that with Alphano. We were just like, oh, yeah, all right. You defeated uh, or at least held your own against, you know, one of the most powerful dragons in the fucking Churning Mist. Like, whatever, dude, that's cool. And then on top of that, Amrick is Amrick's just Amrick actually talks about how like he almost died a bunch of times and like he just barely yeah. survived. And and right. Amrick was fighting off against uh, uh But he was Vidolfi, wasn't isn't Vidolfnir was, was, still injured? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh no, Alpha no fought Vidolfnir, it seems. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that sounds right, actually. That, that yeah, makes that right. makes more sense because it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And then and it then was, fucking Twintania two was for Amrick. All the same, that's pretty spectacular. Alphano has come such a long way. Yeah, from being and a little people bit. still give him shit. People still give him shit. I, I seriously think that Alphano is is one of my favorite and one of the most uh, sort of interesting and compelling characters. I mean, he game. pretty much became the main character of the game after we were introduced to him. Like, think it's about just, everything. It's just his development that, that interests me because... Yeah, he's had more growth than anyone else. He's literally yeah. the main character of the game. Like, as soon as you're introduced mm. to him, everything you do is sort of part of his master plan. Yeah. And, and again, we've got to realize that when we meet Alphano, he's maybe, you know, 14 or 15 years old. Right. And... 
a year later, you know, he's, he's beating dragons in the churning mists. He's, you know, one of the most politically influential people in Eorzea. People like, oh, this fucking kid. And, uh, I don't know. He, I think he's an amazing character. He's definitely grown and he's going to get to do a little more growing since his, uh, uh, his uh, darling sister looks to be coming back into the story very soon. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There, you can get one of your women back. Yeah, you get one. What about women? I mean, she she was she was our quote unquote um, raid correspondent, as I like to call her. But she's not one of my chicks. No, she she ain't got the legs. Sorry. <laughs> she's Ellen's. Yeah, she has. She yet. will have Label. the legs, though. Yeah. Yeah. She's Ellen, so she'll have the legs for you eventually. So after <laughs> after we beat Freeze Felger, we fly back to Ishgard on Dragonback. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. And then we get to see Nidhogg actually like his forces attacking which i just think it's funny that like they're just they're, again they're just fighting on the steps of faith and it feels like the city is just untouched behind them those wards we've already established don't do shit all right yeah. but it's already been established and yet they're just like yeah we'll just fight them on the steps of faith no problem <laughs> that's where we'll freaking motorcycle well you've got to realize that the city you see all around the city they've got those massive uh, uh trebuchet Dra- yeah the, the there's, dragon there's- killers yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of makes sense to me that the dragons feel like, you know, there's these anti-air batteries, basically. They need to land on the steps of faith. They need to approach the city uh, from a kind of lower angle. You know what I mean? Right. So Although makes- there's a lot of dragons. Although if you watch the friggin' Heavensward uh, opening yeah, cinematic. Yeah, dragon killers on the steps of faith as well. Yeah, and on top of that, like, in the, in the Heavensward opening, you see how useless those dragon killers are when they try yeah. to shoot them at the, at the horde. It's just as soon yeah. as they shoot one, the dragon just yeah, comes the dragoons down. are actually more useful than the dragon killers. Okay, let's talk about the dragoons. Where are those guys? Yeah, where are the dragoons? <laughs> yeah, where were they? Where are all the see non- a bunch of Ishgardian knights just getting, like, the number of t- off the bridge, <laughs> getting, like... Eaten, pretty, well, I wouldn't say eaten, but you know. Oh, they were getting eaten. Up, 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 up. A lot of them were getting straight up eaten. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think you've got to like give the dragoons the benefit of the doubt and assume that they were like way up in the sky, just like jumping between dragons. I would love like, to see that. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't get to see that. Which so, cool. so it's like cl- classic Final Fantasy where they jump and it takes like what two moves for them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. And by two moves, it's the entire cutscene. And people are pointing out <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. chat. I wrote this in the in the show notes. I definitely want like a like a compiled gif of all of the knights being thrown off with the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> I absolutely want to see a gif of all the knights being thrown off with the Wilhelm scream. Oh <laughs> man! And I hear the cinema since guy in my head too. Is like, it's just talking about the Wilhelm scream. One point. There we go. Okay, so on top of that, and then also I noticed you brought up the machinists as well. Yeah, the machinists there. We made this big point through the, the machinist quest line of how, you know, we're arming the, the little people of Ishgard and how effective they've become at fighting dragons. I thought that we would have been seeing some machinists in action by now. Maybe they're just waiting for them to breach the city walls. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're the fallback. But, I mean, this literally looks like... You know how when you always say how one guy, like, defeats an entire army in, like, a video yeah. game or something? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what it looked like, how useless most of these knights were. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were so useless. Although Lucia, Lucia was holding her own. That one shot where she holds up her shield and she gets, like, blasted back, like, 50 meters. That was amazing. That was yeah. really cool. And I'm sure that she could heal up with the cure one she somehow learned in the prior patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, somehow learned. using cure one. Somehow. I mean, cure one is, she's got to start somewhere, right? 
All right, mm. so in a hero's fashion, we show up at the last minute, and it's like, all right, great, Warrior of Light is here. All the dragons are like, shit. <laughs> I, this is going to be bad. <laughs> but on top of that, we show up with three other... I like how we get Hraisvelger's help. Hraisvelger has a lot of dragons that could have come and helped, but no, we get three. <laughs> I don't know if he does have a lot. He's got his own brood. He's at least got Durgan Daycare. Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, nah, that's true. too busy being shit parents, though. Yeah, I think, I think it's more the case that they're, their own kids. Yeah, they're no. not fighters. They're not fighters. But wait, Vidolfnir is there. <laughs> yeah, Vidolfnir and Vidolfnir, they're, they're fighters. But, you know, Nidhogg makes the point himself that, like, his brood and himself, they've been fighting nonstop for a thousand years. And, um, you know, the, the Hraceberger's brood are just kind of chilling out. So I think it's more the case that like they're not they're not fighting fit. They the, the, what, then what are they? Oh, and I'd like to remind you. I'd like, like to. Re are they crafters? They're not crafting shit. I know that for damn much. But no, they're just hunting bandersnatches. That's go. all they do. But I mean, I'd like to point out, and as point out in the chat, Hasevelger had three of his brood fly us to Sorkai, and we killed mm -hmm. a bunch of his brood in there. Mm -hmm. He has other dragons. Yeah, 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 he has other dragons. And they clearly fight. Because <laughs> we had to fight sure. them. I feel bad that we had to kill his, probably all the children he had left, to be honest. I don't think we Just killed to test us. Oh, they, over, they fell over dead and disintegrated. They're dead. Yeah, I know, but I yeah. think, like, the canonical explanation was, like, we And he had him. the Moogles. Where was Moglin? What? separate thing. That was just Moglin's bullshit. That wasn't... He was in no way involved. I like yeah, how Mogson rotted us out. <laughs> Mogson's like, oh shit, they're gonna fight Raceveger? Yo, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh man. And we didn't even kill them. We knocked them out. You know we only knocked them out because you yeah. see the little little stupid yeah. birds over their head. They're like eh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um we walk right up to Nidhogg, pretty much the scene we've been waiting for since the the heavensward cinematic where you see the the warrior of light change to a dragoon, yeah. Oh man, um, and then you watch Race Velger and uh, Nidhogg fight each other, which is pretty cool. I like how all like it looks like all the fighting stops. You know, there's still fighting going on like very close to the city, but this like showdown, all the dragons just like clear out. Like nope, yeah, not getting involved with this one v one right here. And we questioned about how Hasevelger with two eyes has to be comparable to Nidhogg with two eyes. Apparently not. No. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance on that one. And like Nidhogg says, it's because he hadn't fought for a thousand years. He'd been busy just crying in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, Nidhogg. Although, although the way the dragons work, you know, because the eyes are constantly absorbing ether, right? Right. The fact that Nidhogg has been fighting meant that he was spending a lot of the ether that was being absorbed into his eyes. So it's like, yeah, you know, he might have like a six pack or whatever, but Hraisvelger's probably got like a larger ethereal reservoir. You know what I mean? He's probably not going to use it. Yeah. Well, that's the way. Are you saying that Nidhogg was kind of handicapped by his ethereal usage? Nidhogg well, didn't, ta didn't take a day off like you're supposed to with the gym. All right. You're yeah. always supposed to take a rest day. Yeah. Felger, but Fomley's Harry Felger every day was resting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. Um, although we do we do have the fact that uh, one of Nidhogg's eyes was in the possession of Stinian, and right. the other was, you know, buried under the uh, 
under the church. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. I just I'll imagine, I just imagine with like Harry Vilger not doing anything for a thousand years, just imagine like after the whole Shiva incident, he has like a, like a gallon of ice cream and he's just watching Friends and Sorkai or something like that. I was, I was kind himself. of imagining that. I was kind of imagining that. <laughs> really? Like from like a law perspective, he should be getting progressively more powerful just by existing for that long. Right. And not so, having his, well, I mean, one of his eyes is a that, dog. Maybe yeah, but the battle list though. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. He's he. We beat him, and then it, obviously he can't beat Nidhogg. So what does Frey Felger do? He does. I knew this was going to happen too. By the way, I knew yeah. we were going to get one of Frey Felger's eyes to actually fight Nidhogg. Because I was like, okay, listen, we don't stand a chance to get Nidhogg with one eye, like without any sort of outside intervention, like because he needed mm-hmm. to be weakened by Astinian before we could even remotely harm him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that eye is gone, he one shots you. So it's like. Obviously, mm-hmm. we couldn't even handle him with one of Freese Felger's eyes. Mm-hmm. Instead, now he has both his eyes, and I'm like, there's no way we fight him without Freese Felger giving up one of his eyes or something. Sure enough, somehow in the midst of getting his wing torn off, his his eye just floats over to us. I think it was good that they did this because um, it was such a big deal for us to defeat Thornton because Thornton was using all of the ether from one of Nidhogg's eyes. It was like, holy shit, that thing has been around for, you know, possibly 20, 30,000 years. Right. That's got a shitload of ether. Um, and that was what made him, you know, probably the most dangerous primal that we've fought. Um, and now, like you say, we've got Nidhogg with two eyes and uh, presumably, you know, the skills and the, the capacity to use them. There was no way that we weren't going to have to have some some extra buff for us to step up. So I just think it's really interesting how we've gone from, you know, getting the blessing of light and then getting the blessing of light redoubled after, you know, getting those wards placed on it by Midgard somewhere. And now we've also got all of the ether from one dragon's eye. We're just well, like... The thing about that is, is that... Um, when Harry Felger leaves, he actually doesn't take his eye back. But when you yeah, see him exactly. in the later cutscene, if I recall, he does have both his he eyes again. Has, and his wing. And his wing is his wing comes back no, up no, at no, the no, end. No, 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 no. He's got his you see the wing that's bitten off is still on his stump. He's just got a shitload of wings. He's got like eight wings. Yeah. That's but still a stump. I don't know about the eye. I'm pretty sure we gave him the eye back. Although I was like, how do we give this back, we would. I don't know how we would. Yeah, like, we're the warrior of light. Just fucking is, plot armor. Is it an issue where we can come back and ask for it at any given point in time? Or is <laughs> Yo, Trace Felger. Hey. <laughs> was that just a one-off? I don't know, Sly. Would you go and ask him for his eye? This is like the, this is this be the third time. Would you, just like, would you just be like, yo, dude, I, I misplaced the Tupsamati. I got to kill some ass uh, well, in. Well, in an emergency in situation, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Fogger, so the Asians, I killed one of those Asians with Nidhogg's eye. Can I get yours now? Because um, I would love. That's another thing that's questioned because when we defeat. Uh, Igorathum or whatever her name is with Nidhogg's eye. Lahabrea comments on how we expended the ether of one of Nidhogg's mm-hmm. eyes, which is clearly isn't true. Well, but... that was the idea. That was the whole point. Is that we? Again, there's so many points here where I thought that the Nidhogg's eyes were being like effectively used up. It was that. It was when Thornton uh, uh, made his transformation. He used the eye of Ascalon. Um, you know, his big, his big bloody limit break attack. I thought that would have used a shitload of ether. But I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, 
but they're a bit more of a, a deus ex machina than I realized. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we fight Nidhogg with the Duty Finder group. You wipe to Akmor in a bunch. You beat him finally. All right, that's, mm -hmm. that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's canon. You know what I mean? Um, you wipe to him a bunch, that's canon? Yeah, that's canon. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> and then... Uh, I mean, that's how Goku does it, right? Yeah, exactly. By the way, Dragon Ball Super episodes 48 and 47, 48 with uh, Goku Black. Just pointing those out real quick. All right, All right. and Future Trunks is back. Just pointing that out. Okay. And Kid Trunks is like, is that my illegitimate brother? Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> just bringing that up real quick because you brought up that's Goku. That's Yeah. Spoiler, by the way. Um, it's a spoiler cast. Come on. You expected it. Yeah, uh, we're spoiling everything. It will spoil everything. Not, the, not Sunday's episode of Game of Thrones, though. You're safe on that front. So, on that note, um, so he goes to fit, land a finishing blow because he's like, I'm not going to lose. I seriously am not going to lose. <laughs> And then his hand goes crazy. He's going to throw the, the spear. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he friggin' starts spazzing out with one of his mm -hmm. hands. And then as soon as you see that, you know, oh, that's fucking Astinian, isn't it? That's Astinian being like, it's my body. Sure enough, he tries to choke himself. He's like, oh. Well, here's um, the thing, right? Okay, the list, the list of Astinian's accomplishments, right, is, is kneeling down and holding up an eye while we defeat Nidhogg the first time. Okay. And secondly, choking himself out. <laughs> yeah, I like how you skip the part where he stabs <laughs> Nidhogg in the head. Such a yeah, like you, you skip a few steps, but you skip the part where he stabs Nidhogg in the head and then rips his second eye, his eye out of his, uh, Harry's Felger's eye out of his body. Yeah, he was already and the, the part where he tried down. to assassinate Vidofnir. He was already down. And in trying to assassinate Vidofnir, that was, that was all Nidhogg. That wasn't a Stinian. Right. No, these these I reckon these are these. No, no, are the there was a half half. half. That, that, that was a two way. That was a two way street. There's a half yeah. that. You think he was into that as well? Yeah. <laughs> old, good old Astidian, good old kill all the dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he'd probably be down to clan with that. Even, even as I saw Astidian wrestling controls, like please just let him die anyway. Like make it even more heart wrenching to make us think we stand a chance and then just die. See, I thought moment. in that moment when he like started spitting up blood and stuff like that, I thought that he was going to like snap his own neck and I think that that would have been pretty fucking tight to be honest. That would have been that would have reminded you, you me think of that slicing. would have been poetic justice, really? I don't think it's about poetic justice. It's about killing a dragon. Yeah, I just thought that that would have been that would have spoken so much about Astinian's character and like the the uh, I guess the sort of extent the means that he was willing to go to in order to take down Nidhogg. Well, and then speaking of that, so we do save him. I, I like our strategy. We literally run up to him and just try to pull the eyes out of his body. First of all, I don't know why anyone would think that works. Nidhogg's body survived the first time when his both his eyes were removed, when he went to go ask Kreis Velger for his eye. Mm -hmm. Both of his eyes were removed to get to keep his body, which just goes to show you how much of a medium Astinian was here, like how necessary his merger to Astinian's body was tied to his survival. Well, I think I, I think that what was going on here, firstly, when he lost both of his eyes the first time, he did still have his body. He doesn't have his body now. His body's, or we've already destroyed his body. He's only got a body because Astinian's got a body. Now, the only reason why he was still hanging on to life in that last moment was because Astinian was alive. I think the implication of the battle was that we'd spent all of his power and they yeah. had nothing left, and that all that was left was to kill Astinian in order to release his soul onto the ether and have it disperse. So right. 
apparently we've done that by removing his eyes. Yeah, and that's the important thing when we... So first of all, when we go to remove his eyes, I didn't see this coming. Isale and friggin' Hochefont souls just come out and be like, we'll help. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, what? How did you get here? How, and also, how are you going to help? <laughs> how are you going to help? Like, how are you... Like, then don't give me this whole life stream. You're, you joined us from the life stream bullshit. Mm. You have no right being here. <laughs> it's welcome. It's really cool and it's heartwarming. But how the fuck are you here right now? Now, Yuzel, we can explain Yuzel being there because of the echo. So what, what I immediately thought when I saw this scene is like, oh my God, Orshafon had the echo. And um, when, I never when you really thought about that until you brought that up now. When you look at when you look at the story in retrospect, and you look at Orchafon having this this amazing sort of uh, I guess capacity for for you know for empathy and for sympathy, it kind of makes a lot of sense for him to have had the echo without knowing the whole time. Um, but it's very easy to explain Yazale's soul staying together uh, when her body's destroyed because that's kind of what the echo does. That's what the Echo does for the Asians anyway. And it seems to be what it does for us uh, as well when we have these kind of out-of-body uh, Echo trips. Um, so it could well be uh, that Oshifom also has the Echo and his soul has, you know, remained intact. Either that or we yeah. know it. So it's, <laughs> now, not in my, it's not in my animal weapon is what you're telling me. No, I don't think so. Oh. Now from a content slash lore point of view, do we revisit this if this is true? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if they'll do it, but like Orsha Font could be like an Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of deal. What if, what if, like, like, what if, what if Edmont knew something about this and he just hasn't told us? I don't know if Edmont would have held that from us. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think Edmont would have known. What I was like going to say I don't is, I think Orsha Font would have known either. What if our Echo is so strong now that we brought their souls through back from wherever we were experiencing our out-of-body experience from. So are you saying foreshadowing yeah. for Mendelia? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's another possibility. That is another possibility. Although the fact that we already knew that Yazelle had the Echo um, means that like she, her, her soul would have had the, the capabilities to do that kind of thing anyway. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I like the idea of Orshafon having had the Echo. I just hope that they actually talk about it at some point. So now next time, next time any like Koji's on like a, a live letter or basically at fan festival, we have to ask, cause we can ask him in person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll just, walk, we'll just walk out up to be like, so Koji, listen, you still haven't told us about Hosh Font, why he was there. Does he have the echo? <laughs> and he's going to be like, I, I honestly, they, I, 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 I wrote that. I wrote, I wrote that his soul come up. I never even thought about it. You know, that's like, mm -hmm. but I'm going to make a reason for it. <laughs> I want to stick on this echo point for one minute. Um, the silence. They, they had the echo, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Has oh. the echo. We have the echo. Krile has the, the other echo. The, yeah, Krile is the echo. The other Archons, they don't have the echo. No. They don't have the echo. No. no they're, they're, yeah. They're not. They're not a student of Baldes. The students of Baldesian all pretty much have, seem to have had have the, the echo. echo. Okay. Although Krile says that her gift allowed her to survive, which kind of insinuates the rest of them didn't have the gift. But I mean, yeah. that would kind of go against what the, she said the students of Baldesian do. So. Well, they were, they were studying it. That doesn't mean that they all had it. But she kind of insinuated, it's like, of course I do. Why wouldn't I have it? Like, yeah, she did, she did insinuate it. But again, we're also making a distinction here between the Echo and the Blessing of Light. Yeah, that's true. Whereas we have the Blessing of Light, which Minfilia doesn't have. 
right? Um, and yet we've both got the echo. And, and again, with Yazelle, Yazelle had the echo. She was on her way to developing the blessing of light. She was kind of yeah, like- Yeah, her, her, her crystal of light, there. her crystal of light shattered was the problem. Yeah, yeah so she was kind of halfway there. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so, okay, so after that, um, we probably do the single stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in the main story. Yeah, you see, you say this, but anyway, go on, go on. So we take Nidhogg's eyes, which I would like to point out are no longer pulsing with ether. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're just eyes that we're holding, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We, an Amorix's only thought is not like, oh, let's contain these and, you know, make sure that, you know, no one ever tries to use them or reach out. No, let's just throw them but, into the fucking chasm real quick. But Devil's Advocate wouldn't, like, wouldn't you really say the same thing? You would, wouldn't you want no one to hold these eyes after you've been holding one? Why eye would you? You know, you know the Asians exist. You don't throw those things in the fucking chasm. <laughs> the last, <laughs> the last. It was time, a, it was a snap judgment, but in so comparison, to, you, in comparison to like actually holding on to the eyes, I actually think this was a better idea. Or you know they ate them before. Just freaking stab them to death. Just just, just whatever they ate them before. They ate Ratatoskar's eyes. Clearly, there's other ways of disposing of this than throwing yeah, a whole even, line Even eating Ratatoskers ones, you know, you eat Ratatoskers ones and your children a thousand years But I'm not later, saying we should eat them, I'm just saying dress. clearly there are other options here. I, I, I'm not sure. Like, again, we can think of maybe there's like a one ring sort of problem going on here is that we can't, like, we can't physically destroy them. Um, unless we do something like absorb them or eat them or whatever. Um, Cast it into the fire! Secondly, there was like the immediate panic by everyone there having seen what had happened when the eyes were close together and didn't have a host before that I think Emmerich was immediately like, oh my God, if we don't fucking get rid of these things like right now, you know, hot potato, they're going to end up possessing the warrior of light. I think he was concerned about that. Um, furthermore, like you say, Haps, they'd gone, they'd gone dull. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Nidhogg's spirit is is gone like they're not in the eyes anymore there might still be some things in the eyes left yeah those we'll talk about in a little bit a certain acid right we'll talk about that in a little bit but i think i think it was very much a, a kind of spur of the moment panic decision like you know these things these things need to fuck off immediately I mean, like you said, there is there is something inside one of those. Like, we destroyed one Asian with there it. There may be. There may be. There may be. Well, we'll talk about that maybe when we get to the post kind of credit cutscene for this one. Um, mm -hmm. And then finally, we get to see Astinian without his mask after that, which was he has a that glorious. Hair, though. He's got a glorious head of hair. That, that guy. Hair, see, why didn't they give that to to Ellison's? Because it's then, true. when we reveal Astinian, that's not special. Everyone, because now, because now everyone's like, "Oh my God, I want that hairstyle," and they're like, "Great, two dollars on the fucking mock stage." Oh. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. It's all part mm -hmm. of marketing. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what was doing it. And uh, I mean, they kind of pull a two point five five with us for like a minute or two, where we think he's dead because Al, because they're like, "Hurry, get in there!" And then you just see Alphano crying, and they're just like, "Okay, he's dead." And then he's just like. Stop crying. Shut up, boy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, stop crying, dude. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. He's not dead. Oh, man. I just want to feel loss. <laughs> and I just can't. <laughs> that's, that's everybody's main thing with this. I, like, they want to, you know, actually lose something and it means something to us. And uh, because, really, I don't, well, Hoshman's death really hit hard so much so that he got his own email. 
Um, mm-hmm. Then we're gonna get a silly. That's all I'm asking. Remember my baby. Remember legs. That's all I'm asking. Um, it's just like none of the depths. Really I mean, guess it, it's just yeah, it's because of two point five five. It's just fucking. I was so torn up about losing all of those fucking people, and now right. they are all fucking alive except for Minfilia, who's just a question mark. And that pisses me no, off. That, I, that, I, this is what gives me hope for Moon. No, not, she's I'm, fucked. You don't have. There's gonna, no hope for you. Look, I was I was agreeing with you before. You know, hoping that Estinian wouldn't come back, but I think the way that he explains this uh this sort of moment of redemption for him um i think that was really compelling and i think that that was like the best reason to keep him alive and the fact that he's gone off on this on this weird pilgrimage or whatever it is now and he's going to show up later obviously for some reason i don't know i'm happy i'm happy with it now i'm 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 pretty happy with it you made your peace with it so to speak. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. They they turned him. They gave him character where yeah. he kind of was a he was kind of one dimensional before and now. Yeah, he hasn't different. just survived for the sake of surviving. You know what I mean? He's profoundly changed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and you know it's re- it's like all of the Elizans are now like bros. Like Alphano, Astinian, Emric, they're all like yeah, we're all bros. Like they're all best friends now. It seems. Here's the thing, Alphano is looking at Astinian. Like I say, Alphano is like admiring Astinian and like treating Astinian like a like a role model. Emmerich said explicitly to us, he was like, Oh yeah, you know, he sees he sees Astinian as like an older brother because he hasn't had any role models in his life. And I'm like, fucking excuse me? You wanna run that by me again? Like, yeah. Like I, yeah. Say, like I say, this dude's two heroic acts were the fact that he could hold a dragon eye above his head. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he could choke himself. <laughs> Alpha no so has had a role model in his yeah, life. I'm so like, oh, that's right. We're just going to the whole Azure Dragoon thing. <laughs> can I get a gif of, Can I please get a gif of Epic showing that? He did the Azure Dragoon. He didn't you know, do shit. He, 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 does, he does recognize you. Um, he does make another co- uh, comment in 3.3 regarding if you are an Azure Dragoon. He pretty yeah. much says that he's, he's leaving that mantle solely to you. Yeah, if you if you and, and you shit at it. Yeah, and it's only if you've done the level fifty dragoon quest that he says that. Yeah, apparently. exactly. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, I I thought that we'd gotten over this whole being Alphano's manservant thing, but apparently Alphano we're not a role model. Us, so, yeah, he doesn't want to be like us. Maybe because he knows he can't be like us. Or maybe he just hadn't seen Astinian's hair yet, and now he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's Archon in training. There you go. Uh, yeah. mm, uh, mm. And then at this point, really? it's pretty much the super happy ending. Oh, Ishgard and dragons, we're in peace. We're going to work on it for the next hundreds yeah, and thousands this, of this years. This pissed me off. And I'm going to ride on back of Midgard Summer, and you're going to ride on back of Fedrothnir, and we're going, yay! Yay, it's done. Yay. It's done. And, and now we're a republic, just like that. Because you know that's how that's how political revolutions work, right? Exactly. <laughs> One dude gives a speech, and then we're a republic. Yeah, I don't know. There are a couple, there are a couple of things that really frustrated me with the way the the Dragon Salt War sort of wrapped up. And firstly, was the complete lack of political turmoil. We did. I mean, we had one patch, right, where, you know, the clergy are like, you know, resisting it slightly. And again, I was saying at the time that I was expecting a revolution to come from the bottom up. 
and not from the top down. And I was expecting, you know, the people in the broom having found out that they are no less the sons of the, the 12 knights of Thornton than anyone else would have been like, hey, how come these guys got the fancy house? I don't know. I thought there would have been a lot more blood. There would have been, you know, proper internal revolution considering, you know, it's, it's come as the same kind of revelation as the French revolution has come being that the, the class system is empty. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. Um, so there was that. The second one was, I've, I've been saying for the longest time that I thought it would have been an amazing twist, amazing way to bring the Galanes back into relevance is the fact that they're in Azizlar and they're doing what they were trying to do uh, originally in, uh, in the Binding Coil is that they're, you know, uh, grabbing at all of this Algon technology, one of which is the ability to enslave and control fucking dragons. And primals. Although it seems they're more and concerned. Primals, they're yeah, more and we're, f- we're more concerned with the primal thing at the moment. But the thing with the dragons is that they could have gotten involved in the end of the Dragon Song War. And that could have been the thing that would have uh, uh, produced a, a lot more action out of Grace Velga's Brute and possibly even out of Tiamat is looking at the Galleans and, and being like, all right, we need to produce a united front between man and dragon. Again, it seems, it seems like we resolved this thousand year issue so quickly. Um, well, no, Harris Felger says we haven't resolved it. Yeah, he's saying that we still got thing. work to do and like he's still feeling salty and it's going to be something that subsequent generations are going to have to, you know, own and take responsibility for. And it's still possible that we can have the Galilean Empire working as a motivator. And it's possible that we can have, uh, you know, dragons as allies against the Galileans in, in 4.0 and 5.0 in subsequent patches. But I'm just worried that we're not going to see that now because they did explicitly say that this is where this story ends. Like right here. No more dragons on war. No more. Well, that's because uh, there's no more war, but that doesn't mean you can't have like... Yes, yeah, it's not that totally. war is over, but their relationship isn't. Yeah, totally. I just, I don't know. I, f- I feel like that would have been a really nice, a really nice thing to add in terms of giving another motivation to unite us. Uh, and I really hope that we do see that in the future. I really hope that now that we've made allies of the, out of the dragons, it's not something that gets forgotten. And that 4.0 moving forward, maybe Horace Velga, or at least, you know, Vidolfni, Vidolfni, they remain like meaningful characters and they, they want to get involved again because they see what the Garlands are doing, subjugating these peoples, and they have a clear memory of what happened to their brothers and sisters in Maricidia. Because for them, 5,000 years isn't that long ago. It's, nope. it's not that long. So that's, that's, what, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping the fact that Dragon Song War is over. <laughs> yeah, that's just, I'm hoping for that. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. yeah. Now, if there's one thing I want to go back to was the uh, political portion of mm-hmm. the and how you said it was coming from, you know, the change was coming from the top down. I I think it was a little bit more, I guess, equivalent because it, again, like when they made the seats for, I guess, the new council, quote, quote, unquote, yeah, the House of Commons uh, and the House of Lords, aka yeah. England, England, mm-hmm. Ishar is now England. Um, again, Amrick took the, Amrick pretty much took the higher seat, the highest yeah. seat. Um, yeah. Obviously, from his leadership that he um, that's been done in, in the past few patches, um, what, what I don't, I'm not understanding what your problem was with the the political, like the way they structured it politically. 
Now, the way they structured it politically is fine. Just the fact that it was so seamless. Just the fact that, uh, you know, if you have observed historical revolutions, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen that cleanly. There is always, always bloodshed. When you, when you go, when you completely, uh, I guess, completely undermine the ancien regime and you get a common population who have assumed that there is a metaphysical difference between them and the people of the higher class, when you get that being removed overnight and, and, and they are told, hey, for the, thousand, the last thousand years you've been lied to, the only reason that you are underprivileged is because you have been lied to. There is no difference between you and the people of the higher class. This is, this is the kind of thing that happened uh, with the French Revolution. It's the kind of thing that happened over the course of, you know, several decades. The fact that this happened overnight and just by getting one woman on side, that woman being the, uh, the mongrel, uh, what's, her, what's her proper name? Anyway, that's not important. The fact, the fact that all of the people in the broom were just like, all right, fine. And like, we're totally cool with the fact that we're still at war. So we still need to maintain uh, the semblance of this hierarchy and we still need to, uh, you know, act like these people have, have, you know, more power than we do for a good reason. No, I, 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 I wasn't comfortable with that. Again, it just, it just, it wasn't believable for me. They voted him up though. So it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing. It just doesn't seem overnight to me, though. Oh yeah, that that final cutscene definitely took a whole few weeks to handle, right? And that's a yeah, but it was still. That's also that's also a great period of time for a revolution, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was still. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was much much too clean, much too clean. Uh, Well, what you got? What you got, Sly? What you got? Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you all about was uh, if you've done it. I have not. You haven't done the victory lap? No, I haven't done the victory lap. No, I still haven't done the victory lap either. There is, from what people are telling me in the chat, though, I mean, if I, we're going to spoil them, it's fair they spoil me back. There's a, there is a, a continuation after you see where Estinian took the bouquet, and he mm-hmm. took it apparently to Azazlaw to lay it down for a sale. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I'd sort of guessed that. I hadn't. I don't know what the fuck he was doing with that thing. <laughs> Dude, he, he, was, he was totally in love with her. Yeah, like so, they, they so back totally off, Sly. <laughs> There's only room for one dragoon in her no longer existent life. There you go. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought that was a really good nod um, in terms of everything you've done. Um, still don't want it to feel like it was closure. Uh, just simply put, there's too much left on the table, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like the dev aka the lore team um actually really took the extra effort to try to put closure on this with the victory lap mm-hmm. like, whereas we still got shit to do we, we still have we still have threats and even though the dragon song war is done um it it kind of it kind of felt like a like an end of game cycle I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like the victory lap shouldn't have felt like an end of game cycle. Whereas it, like you're, like when we finished two point oh, we didn't have time to take a victory lap. Yeah, Bahamut starts roaring immediately. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like that's a good point. We didn't have time to take, like, sit here and smell the roses and contemplate on past things we've done. 
Like we went right into it. Whereas this one, although we had, like, you know, we had our little celebration, we had a little birthday party thing. That that was it. Not you, you know, taking the tour like you did for your ceremony of eternal bonding. Like yeah, 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 yeah. It, it felt like that when when I compared to it, it was like these pretty much sure the same thing, but. Do you think they should have put it in the main scenario? I don't yeah. even think it should have been present, period. You don't think the victory lap should have been present at all? No. That's interesting. Because I understand why it wasn't in the main scenario. A lot of the reason why... Uh, I, I think it's a double-edged sword here. We've been noticing through Heaven's Ward, uh, our main scenarios have been a lot more direct. They've been a lot less of what mm -hmm. most people think of as filler or fluff. Right. And that's because based on feedback, they've been realizing that not a whole lot of players want to sit through a bunch of dialogue. Right. And like I say, that works both ways. It keeps things moving faster, but it also removes a lot of, again, what people would think of as fluff or filler uh, that I personally consider to be, you know, world building, to be, you know, building characters, to be getting us more invested in the game and the lore and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They remove that from the main scenario almost completely. Um, so I think it's nice that they've taken that stuff that they would have wanted in the main scenario, that the writers and that, uh, you know, people like Koji would have wanted to see in the main scenario personally. And they've gone, hey, you know, there are some people, not everyone, that, that do appreciate having these longer cutscenes, these longer streams of dialogue. So let's put that in, you know, somewhere else for them as an optional. I think that's really nice. <laughs> this is my I want favorite to comment. With every patch. This is my I favorite comment. If the Grand Melee came out in two point next, we would have been setting up the goddamn chairs and handing out flyers, <laughs> not for <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good, that's a good point. That's beautiful. But, that is a really good my, point. But my thing is with the, the whole victory lap, and while it was a nice touch, um, I feel like it goes to complete shit in the next patch when we have the Warriors of Darkness come in and pretty much not really continue to Dragon's Own War because that's over, but it's just out of the frying pan into another fire. So That's mm -hmm. literally going to be the story forever, though. We're never going to be yeah. content at the at the end of no patch. Are we just going to be like, great? We're yeah, going to always be like, fuck. That. What's this now? And and, and then the symbolism of um, Edmont closing the Heaven's Ward. Um, oh no! Do you guys remember? I think I think it was our first like story talk for Heaven's Ward. I was like, if they fucking end the Dragon Song War with that motherfucker closing his journal with like a slow zoom to the And I told yeah. you that I thought that was gonna no. happen. No, I was literally screaming no at my screen while he was doing that. That was right. oh, so fucking I told you it was gonna happen. God damn. I told I knew, you. Like, I, knew, I knew like at the bottom of my heart, I knew that that was gonna happen. But Just God like you know damn. we're going to the moon. Okay. All right. So, wall-wise, like, it, it closes the Dragon's Own War and Heaven's War, but literally closes. It does. I, we're not going to Alamigo next patch. No. It doesn't right. close. It doesn't close everything. There's shit still here. Yeah, Uldah is still here. Yeah. We need to go back to Uldah and resolve that. That has to be, like, a central point because... That's what we're doing. Literally, Raban and, and like, the... the, the the relationship between Raban and Ilbert is going to come to the forefront pretty hard. Yeah. And the fact that uh, we still have Omega to worry about. So you think yeah. these, final, these final patches will focus more more heavily on Uldar than... Um, I think these Ishgard. final few patches are going to turn Uldar into a Republic like Ishgard has. Yeah, that's probably... And then we're going to have that happy ending and then there's going to be this all-out... Like, Garlemald is going to fucking... Yeah, is going to invade the Ishrad or something. 
Yeah. Um, so we know we we know already that Uldar has a military presence on the front against Alamigo, and right. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that they're the only the only nation that does. That's where that's Odd, where oddly it. enough because Gridania is closest to yeah exactly Alamigo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's why we need to get shit sorted out internally in Uldar because I think our platform for moving into uh, Alamigo is going to come from Uldar. It's going to come from Raoban uh, feeling guilty, ha- having Ilbert, you know, gotten into his head saying, you know, the, 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 basically, you know, they've cut your balls off. Um, Raoban's going to, going to be feeling a little bit like he's betrayed his brothers. He's going to want to, you know, really push against that. And we're going to get Ilbert, I assume, being a main in- antagonist trying to use the Omega weapon uh, to take back Alamigo. Yeah, he and knows he, plenty about he, it. Yeah, exactly. Because he's been work he's been working directly under the dude that was after it. Um, so we that that Ralban Ilbert relationship is gonna be very, very important moving into 4.0. So that's why I think our attention is gonna be turning on Uldar now. And all these complaints we were having uh, at the end of 3.0 being like, hey, you know, why have we just forgotten about Uldar and everything that's going on there? I think we're gonna be readdressing that now. How about this? When does Ralban get his his Magitech arm. <laughs> oh, Any day now. When Any is when now. is Sid when is Sid building him an arm and he turns into oh, I've been asking that question for ages. I'm yeah. so excited for that. Now, now like to close my thought, all I'm saying is that if like in one of these future patches we we come back and I hear Edmond's voice or I hear like see an entry into the Heavens Ward diary i'm gonna feel pissed because we closed that door he opens the book again he starts writing more exactly we we shouldn't be at this point like story-wise we closed this it yeah you have to come to this he's gonna open another book for (laughs) (laughs) 4.0 he's just gonna be writing books every patch that's all i'm saying it it just it'll just feel redundant if we just come back that's all i'm saying from story I like Edmond. I really like Edmond. I would not be at all upset if Edmond decided that he was going to retire from being a duke now that there's a republic and, and he's like, no, I'm going to travel with you guys. I'm going to be your Watson. I'm going to narrate and the event. He goes and he sits down in your in-room and every time you Dude, go to a book to watch the cutscenes. I would be all about that. I, I love Edmond. I think he's a great character. Oh, I particularly, man. I love him even more, uh, and we'll, we'll go into this, but in his, his small role that he plays in Hildebrand, I was like, yeah, that's my boy. That was pretty funny. Um, okay, so we get into that, and then finally we get to like the post the post cutscene teasers. And what do you fucking know? Paladin of Darkness is looking down at that fucking chasm where the eyes were thrown. He's just like, yeah, they're here. <laughs> now, like, what, do you, what do you think that they're after? They're going to take, they're going to get Lana Brea. Because- now, do you think that they're like, all right, La Habrea might still be in there? Or do they think that, you know, this is just a handy thing to have? It's got ether. It's kind of like the Tupsi Both. Party. Like, mm-hmm. La Habrea is not fucking... I'm convinced La Habrea is going to come. No, here's what's going to happen. We're gonna, they're going to make us think. Like, the Scions are going to think that's the plan. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, what if La Habrea was... And then we're going to find out they don't give a shit and they have their own agenda with it. Well, none of them like La Habrea. No, they all hated him. Yeah. They all hate each other. Thing in it, Let's like, be fair. The extra effort... For one Asian who you don't. Let's be fair though. They, they also they're also they also don't like the idea of any one of them dying because mm-hmm. to them it's just like they hate. They said fuck. What's his name? Um, fucking Nabriales. Yeah, they like fuck Nabriales. He was an idiot. 
but that's yeah. re- that's pretty disturbing that he died. And then yeah. Agor- and then Agorathim, same deal. It's like, oh shit, Agorathim's dead. That shouldn't be possible. And now Lahabrea is gone. They're just like, they're like Elidibus is just like, we need to get this shit under control because there's like we've all been around for thousands of years. And now three of us have died in the last like two patches. Like we gotta stop this. <laughs> now the way the way I'm thinking is that he doesn't want to get Lahabrea back. But I think Elidibus thinks he can somehow use Lahabre's essence, maybe uh, make himself a kind of Asian Prime deal as well. Maybe. Because we've heard, we've heard before that there are only two Asians that are native to Eorzea, and that is Elidibus and Lahabre. Right. Um, so. so I feel like there's something, I don't know, there's something going on there. Um, I don't want him to come back. I don't want Lahabre to like explicitly come back. That would suck. We've fucking killed him so many times. We, now, now we can't even kill the well, bad right, guys. Right, now we can't even kill the one? bad guys permanently in this fucking game anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and on top of that, we then shift over to Warrior of Darkness and Elidibus in the Shroud. Near a Garlean, mm. a destroyed Garlean tech. Now this is only one of two places. This is, this either, is, shroud. This is either the East Shroud over by the Fate where mm-hmm. you see that exact thing, or it's the West Shroud and it's a remnant of the destroyed parts of it that we know. It's the, it's it can't the, be though because there's no fucking woods there. Yeah, like it's, there's it's, no life. It's the East Shroud. It's definitely the East Shroud. And it's the East Shroud is and the East Shroud is on a what border? For a reminder, it's on the border with Alamigo. Correct. Ooh. So, I think that it's literally a yeah. So that's where we're going now. And even mm-hmm. a, and then finally we get we get everything but her face, but we see Alice. Like yeah, yeah. There's like it's unquestionably her at this point, and it's a good thing Thancred was following them because she'd be fucked right now if not for that. Well, I don't know she would be, because you know Alfino fucking took a dragon on. Alize hasn't just been like sitting around. I mean, around so did Al- so did Alice technically. So you like, think she Al- Alize is like fully as not canon Alfino? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, Habs, it's not fully canon, but Alize and Alfino together, you know, had a fair go at Bahamut. They've got a little bit It's not of, that it's uh, not canon, but it's never, it's not like something that's going to change our dialogue with them because we, we elected to, it has to remain a complete secret. Yeah. Pretty much, so. So, yeah, I don't know. I think Alize probably could have held her own. I mean, if, if Thancred can, I don't see why Alize couldn't, but anyway, Thancred has to rescue the damsel in distress, go figure. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we knew he was following them since the end of 3.2, because you see him follow the Warrior of Darkness and be like, I'm going to fucking follow. I'm still under the impression he's following them for an answer on how to get Minfilia back. I'm still under that impression that that's what he was doing there in the first place. But he kind of had to blow his cover, because he's like, well, I can't just let her die. (laughs) You don't think it has anything to do with finding an answer to what has happened to him, and the fact that he uh, doesn't seem to have any anima anymore, like he can't teleport. He can't cast any magic. I'd be, I mean, I'm willing to bet he doesn't give two shits about himself compared to Minfilia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure we're going to... That scene that we thought was Alpha No and Alice with the two cups when we first saw the preview for 3.2. This time, I'm actually, I'm actually hoping we'll see them sit down and actually face-to-face talk to each other. Because even though Alpha knows the main forward character, it's been kind of implied that Alice has been the puppeteer behind kind of everything, just watching it all and making sure everything kind of... Yeah, she saved of... these us in, in 2.55. Yeah. 
And that's when you found out she literally has known everything he's been doing, pretty yeah. much, from a distance. Yeah. She's just so. been operating from a distance ever since, like, what, the level 18 main story yeah. quest or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, she'll be back. And I wonder if she'll, I wonder who her voice actor will be now. <laughs> she definitely is not going to have the same voice actor, that voice actress that she had before. No, she might. No, they got rid Probably of, like, not. literally they every Realm Reborn. A ton of people from 2.0. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting. And she really was only voiced in like that one cutscene in the main story and the very end of Binding Coil, pretty much. She wasn't voiced she got anywhere. Few, no, she got a few voice cutscenes in Binding Coil, I think. Yeah, in the final Coil. But I don't recall yeah. her getting any voice cutscenes in like in first or second Coil, just only in final Coil, where they fully voiced like the Orion J, and which was a pl- also a pleasant surprise to have them actually voice act. Orion Jay. Yeah. I, who... I feel like I feel like I mean she got like a long uh cutscene with the voice acting in, in turn ten and sort of had a few ones from there on. But yeah. I feel like I don't know, I feel like she had one in turn five and turn nine as well. I'd be wrong about that. Yeah, I know I don't think she did. I'm pretty sure she was completely voiceless throughout all. Because I know what's um you don't because Orion Jay wasn't voiced pre final quail, Nail no. wasn't voiced, and I'm pretty sure she wasn't voiced either. Oh, that's right. Now it wasn't voiced. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was... I wonder what... The, they probably would have voiced them. The problem is they probably would have voiced them as a man. And then when he has the helmet removed, it gets kind of awkward. And then there's like a lot of talk no, I about... I think that's awkward. I don't think yeah. that's awkward. I think that's easy enough to explain. Yeah. I mean, they did explain it, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So um, we also didn't see for the first time since the beginning of the patch, we didn't see Ida and Papalimo at the end of a patch. No. That's the first time we haven't seen them. I wonder if uh, our boy Nero slash Gaia slash Mystery Man, who we're just making up is probably one of those two people, has uh, had words with them. Yeah, they might be in trouble. I mean, uh, El Amigo is not a safe place, especially no. for a resistance of all <laughs> of all things. No. All right. So, um, reminder, somebody brought this up earlier. The reason why Ulda has a front and Gridania does not, is because Gridania and Alamigo were kind of in the middle of a war before the Garleans invaded. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, shortly before. Shortly, literally it was like, like okay. Like, like half a century before. Yeah. War is over, and then 500 years later, the Garleans take over Alamigo, and Gridania's like, ha, fuck you. Yeah, even though they, Even though it's like, really? Like, we're right next door, you're not... And then Ishgard does the same thing, like, fuck you, it's just not doing any of this. And you see, that's that's actually really interesting because um, the other alliances got involved in the Autumn War. They they defended Gridania. Ishgard defended Gridania against Alamigo, which is the, the first and last time that Ishgard has lifted a finger to do anything for anyone. Yeah, pretty much. And now we just have to hope the Elementals... I wonder if we're going to play on the story of the Elementals at all with how close Gridania is to uh, Alamigo. Because well, some of that war has to spill over this. into the Shroud. Yeah, we, we have looked at this a few times. The Elementals are severely weakened at the moment, and all of their wards are, are very, very weak. Um, they're, not, they're not in a good state at the moment at all. And Odin doesn't help with that. No, Odin doesn't help with that. But the Elementals now, compared to in, in 1.0 uh, and, and previous to that, are less than a fraction of their, of their strength. Yeah. Sorry so for anyone who just heard that sound. I got a message on... Uh... On a, on a program, and it made a little ding noise. So, 
right. Well, you wouldn't hear it. Only they would hear it because it doesn't come through the microphone. All right. Um, yeah, and all amigos, are, all amigos are crazy. So, okay, what are, what do we think? Okay, give me dungeons and give mm-hmm. me story developments for 3.4, 3.5. I want to hear a prediction on this dungeons? one. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Sly start. Dungeons. I'm already predicting 3.55 we're doing Cash Orients. Like, I'd be very surprised if Cash Orients isn't a dungeon in the next, or a trial of some sort in the next two patches. Mm-hmm. That would shock me. Or the very first dungeon of 4.0, like Dusk Vigil. Like I would be shocked if Castro Morians. I was gonna say four point after that. Yeah, but. like it's I, like I would be shocked if Castro Morians didn't come into the foreground in some way because it's, it's still an active Castrum right on the border of Alamigo and Gridania. And we still have two, at least two original dungeons remaining. Suppose yeah. theoretically, Snowcloak hard mode. I'm still expecting for three point four, but that's besides the point. <laughs> What do you think, Sly? It's not going to be Ormvale. Stop it. <laughs> it's not. It's not happening. Still need, we still need a Gridanian training ground. Well, we need that, so. we don't, yeah, we don't have a Gridanian training ground yet. Is one thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, think we're... I don't know if the Elementals are going to let them have one that's like that close. I don't think the elementals would be way into that. I think I think that uh, the Palace of the Dead is going to be the equivalent. We have to have a fucking spoiler cast about like Palace of the Dead is literally has to be like a twenty minute spoiler cast because guarantee you we don't see too much story in there until right. we get to the hundredth floor. Well, you say that, but we're going to be learning a lot about Gelmora from observing things in there. I hope. I hope. We hope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, Pison's right. If they were going to have a Gridanian training ground, it would be in Thousand Moors. Yeah, what about... And like that's, or, that's what I wanted to say, but I didn't... Like, or the, or the Muntai Cellars. Like, which, I did want to say that, but I, like, I knew that was the one of the only uh, options we could take. Um, I hated Thousand Moors. Yeah, or Vale can be the Gridanian training ground. They'll just go to Corthus. They'll, they'll, they'll just go to Corthus through the Shroud. Well, it's and just on, be the, like, it's yeah. on the border. Yeah, and I don't think Ishgard has much of a, an affinity for... It's more on the border of Mordona. It's it's yeah. pretty far to the west. The, the, reason I don't want, the reason I don't want Thousand Maws is that it was just like a basic bitch dungeon. Yeah, and I agree. Like, there's, no, there's no way you True can story. move on a basic bitch dungeon. I did it in the leveling roulette yesterday, of course, because where else do you mm-hmm. fucking see Thousand Maws nowadays? Um, and we beat it in 12 minutes for 100 Essos. So that, was, that was welcome. For 100 SOs. Dang. In 12 minutes. Well, that's because it's the roulette. Obviously, you couldn't just... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. But but it was a very welcome... Like, that's the same pace as Anti-Tower, like, if not a little faster. Mm. And it was, like, the guy guy who was running it had it perfectly mapped out. He knew exactly how to do it fastest and skipped all the unnecessary mobs, and it was just beautiful. Nice 12-minute total rock. Now here's here's the thing about um about Alamigo and moving forward. I agree with you that we're definitely gonna see Castamorians sometime soon. That's gonna have to go before we can get anywhere near Alamigo, uh, for obvious reasons. But do you think we're going to be in Alamigo in the city proper at the beginning of four point No, we can't. It's occupied. Mm. No, no, well that that's that's well, exactly that's my point. Way. That's exactly my point, is that, you know, if it's going to happen the same way as Ishgard, it's going to become accessible to us at the beginning of 4.0. We're going to have to start moving really fucking quickly. No, uh, I don't think that can happen. I don't want that to happen. I, I don't want it to be accessible to us until the end of the 4.0 story. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for it, uh, for it to be 
um, anything related to that until well, because it well, eliminates you have to so much. The, you have to remember the way we segued into three point like we got but, steps, but Ishgard wasn't yeah. occupied by it by the Garlands. Yeah, it's not occupied. I get that, but from a content, and like you have to imagine what it because they're kind of they're trying to play on this Grand Company mercenary feature that we're going to start exploring a lot more, and that that has to be that can't just be it's timed. Like they can't just be an accident that that's timed with, mm-hmm. yeah, trying no to take back Alamigo. Very clearly, the Grand Companies have to be trained for such a thing. So I'm curious if there's not really going to be too much of like there's might, it's probably going to be some sort of home base, but I wonder if it's well, not just going to be Orions. That's what I'm getting at is that maybe we'll uh, clear out Castrum Orions at some point towards you know uh, you know 3.5 3.55, and that we'll be using that as a temporary hub, kind of like Mordona, to push against uh, against uh, Alamigo. Yeah. It's got to, I mean, there's something there. If not, the, the resistance camp is going to be turning into Idleshire pretty quick when Rowena gets her hands on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, if, what if Little Alamigo became a hub? <laughs> oh, God, I like, we just turned Little Alamigo into this fucking massive fortress that I makes no sense because it's, it's too far. It's that's too, too far, far from. That's why a lot of people think that Ulda is on the border because Ulda is the because only one involved and Little Alamigo is. Well, the reason why most of the, uh, most of the Alamigans are in Ulda now is because they can't enter the Shroud without getting the Green Wrath. Right. Pretty so much. So that's the only reason that happens. Ulda is a long way from Alamigo. Yep, and it's the and also considering that Raban bought a seat on the syndicate. Yeah, they kind of, mm. kind of like yeah, like we can't welcome you all into the city, but like, uh, you can at least yeah. use our lands. Yeah, the flames look after them. Yeah, pretty much. Because there's um, no way that the Gridanians are going to look after them. Not ancient, and that's good. And that's the thing. We just got done dealing with fucking Ishgard being fuck faces for a thousand years. Now we got to deal with how the hell do we convince Gridania to be a part of this for the next two patches? Because, like, that, we're going to have to look at the Gridanians and we be like... don't. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it's just like you just walk up and be like, hey, so we're going to go take back all the... No. <laughs> they'll be like, no, but they'll be like, all right, have fun. See ya. Yeah. It's going to be Good like time. when we tried to enlist the Grand Company's help for frigging the Steps of Faith. They're like, yeah, I think it's wow, that's insane. that's very noble of you, and we're just like, and they're just, we're just like, uh, you wanna <laughs> anything else you wanna say? Or? But again, we've got the Grand Company training thing, and people are in, you know, the Gridanian Grand Company, so they're gonna have to make some kind of token effort. They're gonna be like, all right, yeah, fine, we'll give you a squadron, we'll give you, uh, three. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, three yeah. makes sense because that's a light party. We'll give you, we'll give you three uh, of our. Great company, dudes. Go have fun. Yeah, there you cool. go. All right. All right, so I'd say that wraps up most of the main story. There weren't as many teasers at the end here, but uh, they pretty much just said, Nidhogg's Eye, they're going to do something with it, and we're going to Alamigo. <laughs> like, that's that's what I got out of it, pretty much. Yeah. So next we have, and that's just one piece of the story we're going over. Next we have the Shadows of Mach going forward. Which, okay, so, so the thing about the other stories is there's, not a lot left open here either. It's a lot of recapping. Because yep. basically, Weeping City just leaves off at Leofarn and Kochi were, you know, arguing, what do we do? Yeah. What do you think we should do? What do you think we should do? And uh, and then they're just like, eh, fuck you. I hate each other. And then finally, we find out that the friggin', what are they called? Not the Red Bills. The, um, yeah, yeah, the Red Bills. Yeah, we're, the ta- we're the Talons. We're part of the Talons. Well, 
Wait, we're the Red Bulls. We're the Red Bulls. We're the Red Bulls. They're the Talons. Okay, yeah. I, can't, I don't. Radlia's know. faction is the Talons. It's because her name is Radlia and it begins with R. I just like right. affiliated the two. There you go. And so uh, we find out that the compass they stole and the compass we have both point to the Weeping City, mm-hmm. and that there's a power. There's a powerful artifact called the Nullstone there, capable of destroying Void Scent. Mm. Probably a Machian artifact that they used in case Void Scent ever got out of control. Yeah, that was it. It was a coercive tool. It was, you know, a way to point a gun to their head because you're bringing in such powerful void scent that they can seriously, like, mess stuff up. Yeah. So. And so we get to go to the, the Yafim Saltmore, mm-hmm. which is such an appropriate name considering the way that some of the Duty Finder has gone in the past few weeks. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> and we're basically racing Diablos to the top, to the center of the city to get the Nullstone first. Well, that's what we're we? That's what we're told. Yeah, that's what we're told. It was a totally different, like, outcome altogether, but we'll get to that. So I want to get, get the ball rolling here. We, we see Fadiad showing up so conveniently immediately after uh, we defeat Califisteri. Which, by the way, we've established Califisteri, not necessarily a void scent sent by Diablos, was in the... No, no, Califisteri is a Maki. Yeah, she's a. That was where I was going. She is a Maki yeah. guardian of the Nullstone. Yeah, she was a mage. She was a mage that's transformed herself into that thing by using a shitload of crystals and drinking void sand blood, uh, and obviously using the the Nullstone to you know supplement her abilities. But I just think it is so damn convenient. Firstly, that Diabolos didn't front up himself. Um, he was just you know watching and letting things happen, letting his minions. Uh, do the work and secondly for diet shows up after we've already got the null stone what i suspect is that we're being played here so we're, we're being told that the void scent are going to collect this artifact which instantly destroys void scent which is being currently wielded by a marquee mate they couldn't they if, if diablos rocked up to califisteri and tried to take it himself or if for diet or Forgal, or any any of the voids that were there, they would have gotten obliterated in a second yep. by Califisteri. We've so been led think- there. We've been led there to defeat Califisteri and get the Nullstone so that they can appropriate it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna so get we into were, that. So moment. we were being played by. Yeah. They, they don't, get, don't get us wrong. They don't want us to have the Nullstone. That they no, don't they don't want us to have it. They don't want us to have it. But, but they, they needed us to get it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm suspecting that uh, that Koshi is in on it. Yeah, um, I still don't think that. I have a feeling that he's playing a deeper role than we anticipate. I don't yeah. think he's necessarily. I don't think it's. I don't think he's a double agent. Well, I, I think one of two things is going on with Corsi. This is a Final I mean, Fantasy Seven. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I think it's possible that he has been working for Skarthak uh, all along, but I think it's more likely that he wants to use the Null Stone uh, for himself. That he's. I mean, he's a familiar. He's presumably a void scent familiar. He's been under the thumb. You know, he's the he's the little the little void scent that could. Um, and Thank you, he's yeah, and and he's got the nullstone now. He's got the power to coerce every other void scent. He's got the void's equivalent of a dragon eye or the Tupsamadi in his possession. And I feel like he's uh, he's probably going to use it. I mean, he is going to use it. That's the whole point of us taking it, is so he can yeah. learn to use it. Yeah. And I don't think that we should be necessarily trusting him with it. 
The thing that's that's concerning is he has an all too convenient reason for not actually destroying for for Diad, or for mm-hmm. Diad. Um, if it, he's like, mm-hmm. I haven't figured out how to use it fully. And it doesn't even seem like Ferdiad is that distraught by it. <laughs> he's just like, oh, well, I'm beat for now. <laughs> he gets pretty fucked up. Yeah, and then yeah. his body comes back like five minutes later, so it's fine. Yeah. And Diablos as a bat is just chilling like, nah, no one's going to notice me. I'm a bat. There's bats all over the place. Whatever. <laughs> batting everywhere. There's a bat, um, bat everywhere. So... Yeah, but that, that, that's why I think that Diablos was obviously playing us. Because if he was serious about getting to the Nullstone before us, he wouldn't have trusted uh, Fulgal and, and Arachne Eve to do it. He would have fucking gotten involved himself, surely. I have to wonder if Arachne Eve is him, is his, or if it's, or just because, I don't know, Arachne Eve seems like something that was almost native to that land. I wouldn't, I we didn't can, really. We can talk about Arachne Eve if you like. I don't, Arachne... I don't even. Arachne is, is the most fascinating character that they've introduced this patch. Um, Arachne Web is a crafting mat that we've been using for a long time to make uh, I-110 uh, Arachne sets. We also use it in the replica Alligan, High Alligan, Dreadworm gear. Now, if you look at the item description for Arachne Web, it explicitly says that it comes from Arachne, who is a Alligan chimerical miscreation. So... Aragne Eve here, if they're they're referring to the same person, and I think that they almost definitely are, what we we have here is Aragne Eve has been made by the Allegans as part of their, you know, synthetic void scent project has been, you know, a little bit of human, a little bit of synthetic void scent that either she's escaped from Mazasla or something has happened. I think she's either made her way to the Saltmoor and uh, either made a pact or become subjugated by the uh the uh maki when they've shown up but she's something far more ancient than than the maki yeah which is why i didn't i it's why when you you lugged her in with forgal i was like i don't know i don't well really. she's on well she she says that she has to go warn forgal when we kill her she says that she has to go warn forgal so that oh, tells okay. us that she is on scarthic's side however how she became to be on scarthic's side is uh, man koji you got some explaining to do yeah i koji needs to do some explaining about about a rock naive the other thing i really like about a rock naive is the the eve in there and the fact that yeah. we see immediately before we fight we fight the first daughters and the fam spiders which again sort of implies that she might be you know a native here or at least she's been here i think a lot longer than the marquee have um the implication seems to be that she has a similar relationship to uh to Violkin, as Midgard Samora does to dragons, that she might actually be the mother of, of many or all of the spiders in Eorzea. So she's, she's a big fucking deal. Uh, complete side note, complete tangent there, but Arachneve's fucking awesome. All right, so when do we get a video on Arachneve? Um, soon. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention them in, the, the, in your uh, Void Arc, in your yeah, uh, mock video. Yeah, I did. Probably because you probably we'll, would have we'll, we'll do something for us soon we'll do a umbral zone or something there we go well i'm glad that you explained that to us because now sly and i won't be won't be blindsided by that come fucking aor zivia <laughs> so thank oh, you oh shit <laughs> damn it we'll forget it we'll forget it i'm so. not forgetting we'll that it. i'm not forgetting okay. that i as soon oh, as he started as soon as he said aragni eve is one of his favorite characters i'm like i am paying <laughs> 
that's close attention. I'm gonna rewatch. I'm gonna rewatch this in two weeks yeah, before the show. Yeah, Chad's totally got it. She's very much like Shellob, and I like to think of her as having a similar relationship with the Marquis as Shellob did with Sauron. Is that the Marquis has shown up, and there's been this spider there, and they've been like, "Hey, we can reach some kind of agreement. You know, you can guard our city. We can feed you, uh, you know, victims, prisoners, whatever." There's something, Whatever. Yeah, something really interesting going on there. Anyway, where, where are we going with, uh, with Weeping City? Uh, we were going to talk about how Leofard is kind of making this almost personal. That uh, mm. he wants to stop Diabolos specifically because he doesn't... He wants the skies to remain free. And do you buy that? Nope, it has no. something to do with his dead lover or whatever because as soon as he says no one should be able to rule skies it cuts away to her face and it's like what happened to her tell me what happened to her i want to know and i think we're going to find that out within the next um void arc storyline we fucking better <laughs> that's all i gotta say i want to know more because leo ford's like that silent cocky character that like people just like because he's kind of just cool and he's and he's witty and he just mm. he's got he seems to have his own agenda kind of deal. Wait, so do you think that that his dead wife or dead love or whatever she is has something to do with Diablos? I think that he might have lost her due to that. I think he might have already known about the arc and that she may have disappeared investigating it in some way. I can't wait to find out that that that, that woman became Scoffuck. <laughs> In some yeah, way, I was about to say form. she's the manifestation of Scott. Yeah, she's like the Scottic is using is using her body as a medium or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's for definitely possible. But Scottic already has a body. Yeah, so Calphisteri had a body. Look what happened to her. <laughs> Look at Calphisteri yeah, did with all that void scent energy and stuff like that. Or maybe yeah, she left him at some point and disappeared, and then I don't know over time became this god tier friggin' void scent. Well, she's gonna play some sort of role. If she's not gonna if we're not gonna find her alive where she's we're gonna find out she had something to do with like his vendetta against defending the skies from being free. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you're right. What's more interesting is this book that uh Radilia Radlia. seems to have found Radlia, my bad. I thought there was an extra I in there. Um, I went through and corrected it every time you wrote it. Yeah, I know. I noticed that. Um I'm glad you took the time to go through the notes, and I still said it wrong. It seems more interesting to me that she found this book on what seems to be a Nimian island, because mm -hmm. she talks about a an Hang island. On. Hang on, why do you think it's a Nimian island? It's floating in the sky. Yes, it's ruins. Mm -hmm. The only you problem. Know, you you realize that um, that the Sea of Clouds is hundreds of miles north. I enough of, of Nim. So. <laughs> Where where you're, is you're gonna where say is, that the like where is the Yafim Solmor? Off Nim, where is the Yafim Solmor? The Yafim Solmor is directly northwest of Mordona. Mordona is that mm. not to the north? <laughs> no. Well, it's to it, it's a long way to the north of Vilbran, but it's to the south of uh, it's not far to the south of the Sea of Clouds. Actually. All I know is the Maki made a fucking flying arc out of Void Scent. I'm not ruling anything out when it comes to ruins yeah. in the Sea of Clouds. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's possible it, she got it from Nimian ruins. Um, it's also like, I mean, is it possible that the Maki made some sort of? Because there is a Maki book. It's undeniably a book of Machian origin. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's very explicit. That's not where it came from. I don't know. Maybe maybe it just fell out of the void arc. You know, maybe maybe it was planted there. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to assume that it's from a from a Nimian island, but it is possible. Yeah. It makes me want to explore. 
I say this, but then I don't want to do any more diadem. Makes me want to explore more of the Sea of Clouds. Yeah, I agree with that. And I thought that maybe we would have seen bits of... Before, before we met Ozma, I was thinking that maybe we would have seen bits of Nim somewhere. I was going to say, don't we got to talk about Ozma? Because is it not just me, or did he literally absorb like Nim, it looks yes. like? Yes. And if you need any confirmation for that... The name of the zone inside ocean, of there. Well, the, the name of the, the zone inside of there is 12-fold. Um, you see the symbol of Oshin everywhere in there. Yeah. Uh, Oshin being the patron deity of Nim. The architecture is exactly the same. What has happened is that they've, they've mobilized Ozma as this super weapon after they've you know, disabled most of the, the Nimian tactical geniuses with the Tonberry Plague. They've just floated Ozma into the middle city of Nim and just gone, yep, black hole, thank you very much. We'll take the center of your city. Uh, you're fucked now, you're done, those. We're going to put this up in our gallery. They explicitly call it the gallery where they- No, it's the glory hole. Well, yeah, there's the glory hole, which, uh, no, which glory means vanity. Hole. Yeah, the glory hole. Yeah, the interdimensional yeah. glory hole. So, so they, can, they can do two things. They can go and stick their dongs into the remnants of, of Nim and go, <laughs> fucking city <laughs> all over again. Tell me you get that happy, please. Um, and secondly, yeah, the whole, the whole place is called the gallery. They can literally go and circle jerk over this, this city that they destroyed. It's horrible. Um, there's, there's another side note. But that's, that's what's happened to Nim. It's pretty cool. Please tell me you got that, please. I mean, it's for somebody that... That's the second time he's done it during <laughs> the show at this point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I seem to do that sort of glory hole thing a lot, don't I? Yeah, yeah, you do that whole glory hole thing a lot. I mean, it's you? an interdimensional. Can you can you guys not see the appeal of interdimensional? Is that your glory hole face? Is that something we need to get used to? Yeah, I just go. That's my glory hole face. <laughs> but um, I mean, like, can you can you guys see the appeal of this? Can you see how I, I definitely don't see the appeal of the no, glory I don't. An interdimensional glory hole? No, <laughs> no, I don't. No. I really? definitely don't see the oh, the yeah. appeal of the glory hole. I definitely mm. don't. Well, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Fucking prudes. <laughs> <laughs> so another interesting thing that um, we know. So we have this book. It describes the Null Stone. It comes from these. It comes from some ancient Maki mage who Kachi almost seems to be curious if it's the same mage who kind of turned him into a familiar because he asks for mm -hmm. a name. He's like, what was mm -hmm. the name? Um, mm -hmm. And then I wonder if uh, Diablos... Okay, so Diablos just appears outside of the city at that point. He's just like, all right, shit, they have the Null Stone. And that's the thing. He seems distraught that they have it. He's not just like, okay, everything's going according to plan. He's like, the Null Stone has fallen into... Like, probably thinking, oh, God, Ferdiad was supposed to get it back before they figured out how it worked. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't he's too pissed. He's still like, we can, we can work with this. You know, he's yeah, not he wasn't too pissed. He was, yeah. yeah, he was just, he was like this, and, and for Diad was just like, I'm really, really sorry. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't supposed to happen. I promise I'll make it up to you, Bet. Yeah. And so... Sorry, Bet. What was interesting to me is <laughs> Diablos talks about how the Shadow Queen's return is now imminent. Mm -hmm. He says return. It doesn't sound like we're going to the Void anymore. It sounds like she's coming back to us, us. if anything. Sounds like she's intending to, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I have a feeling that, you know, it'd be really cool. We've already established we can go. And I don't know. I don't, I'm surprised they did this. We can physically go to the Red Bill area yeah. and, like, explore around it. Yeah. I kind of forgot that that was a thing. 
And uh, I wonder if, like, this would kind Wait, of be... Is that a thing within um, Void Arc itself? No, no, no. Uh, the Red Bill base is within, is the one that's in the Sea of Clouds that you go to. No, that's There's what I'm nothing. saying. Like, we've never been able to do that before. No, yeah, we, that was only that was only with three point three. They suddenly made that an accessible zone. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if this if the finale can kind of go across multiples. Like if we can start in red in the red bill base as part of as yeah, part of the a little instancing there or something. Like, because what? Are, why would you make that available for just me going and talking to one NPC? That's fucking annoying to me. Like, are you thinking you... that? Are you thinking that it's going like within the next um, what art storyline? No, obviously we're getting back. personal islands. That's what's happening. <laughs> Just testing personal islands. Um, so do you, oh, do you think it'll another. be attacked by Void Synth? Yeah. I have a feeling that we may even just have a short little trial in there, dealing yeah, with a few I, Void Yeah, I, I could imagine that. We no, still, we gotta, we gotta go to the Void, guys. We gotta go to Dunscave. It's, it's there. What, it's in the concept art. It wasn't. What if Dunscave... What, see, the thing I'm beginning to... So, you remember the Crystal Tower, how they kind of hinted towards Eureka when they threw the thing in there, and then mm -hmm. we just walked away from it? Diablos mm -hmm. is seen flying under the city. Why is he flying under the city? Unless they are, he's, he already had something going on down there. He's not just like, oh, well, fuck it. We know that they have portals to the Void in the city yeah, of Mach. Yeah. They absolutely have a portal to the Void there. So, you think they might lift Dunscaith out of a portal? Right. Right. Well, th th maybe they'll do that at the Red Bull base. That'd be pretty tight. Yeah, I think they're going to lift and skate out of a portal and bring it to the physical realm. There's yeah, I could party with that. Either way, there's a portal under the Weeping City that they, oh, are, clear that they, are, they are clearly using, that they clearly used to invade it in the first place. Because also, yeah, Diablos went to the Void and came back. <laughs> he literally came back from the Void after delivering Scothic's body to Dunscape. Yeah, Diablo seems to, I don't know, have some, some interesting talents that most voids don't have. And that's another thing. This hierarchy that we talked about with the World of Darkness, throw that shit out the window. None of that seems to matter here. Well, we threw that shit out of the window immediately because that, that was made by, I, be, I believe that was written by, who was it? Anyway, it was written by Skulls. It was written by Eorzean Skulls. It was about them observing voids and how powerful they were. We were saying at the time, Basically, the Voids probably don't give a shit about hierarchies. They've just got their own thing. It seems like they do give a shit about hierarchies. They've got a very, you know, clear political system. Yeah, Scothic rules over Diablos, who has several yeah. generals under him. Yeah. And then there are mindless Voids that just kind of do what they're told. Yeah, Almost exactly. Like the so it seems Almost... like those lower tiers are literally just, they're just, like you say, completely mindless. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was a lot more interested in the developments of the Void. I wonder if we're going to go back to the Void in 4.0, because we've literally had nothing but Void references in all of the sides, in all of the raid stories at this point. Mm. It's just, I wonder how much longer we're going to... How, how Queen's Gothic kind of scales up to, like, our influence on, like, fighting back the Void at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, uh, Cloud of Darkness, you're a bitch. That's all I gotta say. Also, I'd like to point out, Calphisteri used Cloud of Darkness's model shrunk if anyone didn't yes. know that yeah i did notice yes. that yeah, yeah. that's because remember when it, when they showed that cloud of darkness had a butt like they that they yeah. actually developed a full body for her now we we got to see it pretty much calfasteri yeah so everyone's yeah, like, i feel like that was a little bit lazy to be honest but her hair yeah, mm, yeah I, suppose. I guess the maki really loved hair <laughs> or she did at the very least i don't know um all right so who's the esthetician yeah, she, she yeah she she had her own little aesthetician in there. 
Okay, so moving on, I think we covered, because you wrote speculation for Final Chapter. I think floating, because he seems, because that's the thing, Leofard wants to defend the skies. What the fuck does he care if they go into the void and mm. travel to, what, then travel to Dunscaith? Like, he doesn't give a fuck. That has nothing to do with the freedom of the skies. He just wants to get Void Arc out of there. Yeah, So it yeah. doesn't threaten things anymore. And that's another um, thing. One thing. One thing I want to visit um, before we uh, move to the next point was the interaction between Radlia and Leopard. Um, albeit the one with um, her diet. Do you really think, like Leopard mentally says, that he didn't give a shit about Radlia? It was. A, he calls it a bluff. He he. Yeah, he, he, it was a bluff. Yeah, but he probably. Like, if do she, you really believe? If, yeah, if she yeah, had died, I, 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 I'm hard pressed to believe he would have been that torn up about it. But it was a, it was ultimately a bluff. He tells Kochi, "Is like, I'm glad that you acted on my bluff so quickly, pretty much. Like yeah. he was he was impressed that Kochi managed to figure it out immediately that that was to buy time. To yeah, there's no way stuff. he was gonna give the null stone to the diet. Yeah, because that goes against the and his his giving of the null stone. Who uses it again has nothing to do with his allegiances. He just knows that. They're Ferdiad, part of the Void Arc, threatening the skies. He wants nothing to do with them. It might be small, but I think there's more between Radley and... Oh, yeah, they want to fuck. I don't think he sees his former lover in Radley, but there's something there. I think that was obvious from the first chapter. There's a little bit of tension there. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of tension there. It's just that you're not letting it on. Um, as much as we want to see it, right? I like it, he. Radley, of course, is not Leopard's old lover. Like, no, she's not dyed blonde. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, think he, I don't think he'll even see his old lover in Radley, but I think something will happen. He just wants. I think he just ultimately wants everyone to just like. He wants competition, almost as a sense. Like he wants the skies to be free, but at the same time, he wants like he doesn't want to be like alone at the top kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So he wants people to feel like they can just come to the skies as like a, a means of creating a new life. Almost. Yeah. It's a, it's a place to be free. And he respects right. anyone who kind of dreams for that. And he wants them yep. to continue to dream for it. So Radley doesn't have crew. Radley doesn't have We're, shit. She doesn't have, yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't she's know more. She's going to come We're, back and help us. I don't know. She's not done yet. Yeah, well, the thing, so. is, the thing is, like, she was given the choice to hang around there at the Red Bill Nest. She hasn't. She's fucked off. I reckon what is likely going to happen is that the Red Bills are going to get smacked, and it's going to be her that sort of brings us back in and helps us and takes us there. And she, she's going to come in and, and try and rescue them. Yeah. She's not done with it. She, we're not done with her yet. No, 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 no. Do we think she's going to die? <laughs> <laughs> any any character that comes up, we have to ask if they're gonna die. Yeah, she's gonna die. Yeah, she did have those two guys who survived, but three people doesn't make a crew. That's that's three's company at best. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's enough to go and take back El Amigo. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly enough. Okay, so wrapping up on the shadows of Mach, um, yep. which by the way, the Mach are just they're like worse than the Alligans at this point. Like just the shit that they do is. Like, yeah, they, they, yeah, they're definitely a contender for for shittest. And, and the fact that they're Lalafels gives you know several points. I actually have something to say about Lalafels mm. later because something funny happens in the Hildebrand questline if you're a, if you're a Lalafell. Mm. I don't know right. if you guys know that. There's text that you no. only get if you're a Lalafell. No. Yeah, I got no, it, and that. it was pretty. It was pretty funny. Um, so warring triads next. 
right. another one of those 15 minute quests that I didn't like. <laughs> Not that I didn't like this, but I don't like when it's just like, oh, here's like 10 minutes of shit and then you're done. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. Um, right. So. It, it, it's 15 minutes of setup. It's 15 minutes of I'll see you next patch. Yeah. Uh, so, TLDR, Uno Call High takes down the ward that they put up to prevent the Garlands from getting to the triad control mm-hmm. in order to stage uh, a situation in which the Warrior of Light would want to, would need to kill regular Van Hydras. Yeah. In an attempt to remove them as a threat from Eorzea as people who look at looking to control the power of primals. Yeah. He gets away and the scene where we thought he was maybe holding like a piece of the warring triad's power, it's just a flashbang. Just want to point that out that that was disappointing. We're like, oh, look at that. He's holding this glowing spear. No, it's a fucking it's literally just a flashbang. It was a fucking flashbang <laughs> at the end of all that. Um, and then we get to find out a little bit more about Unukalhai, which is the most important thing. Find out a lot more about Unukalhai. Jesus. Yeah. So we find out Unukalhai is from another world, one uh, that was consumed. He says that he's a master from another world. He doesn't explicitly say that he's from another world. Well, we're going to go with he's from... His master's from another world. He knows his master. He met him somehow. Yeah. And he seems... Per- and the thing is, to me, he seems personally distraught with... Like, he seems so personally invested in this. I feel like he has to have... have he has to have actually experienced what happened to the other world. Like, otherwise, he wouldn't be as vested in it as he is. Well, he has the echo. Yeah. Now, now, he, now, I can think of an instance where someone who hasn't personally experienced... Oh, sale. Incredibly invested in. So I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I, I don't think he's from this other world. I think he's from Aeorzea, but his master's from this other world. He's had an echo experience with this master, and he's become towards this master what Yuzel sort of saw herself as uh, in, in relation to Horace Velga. That's what I think. So you're thinking we're getting another false god in the making? I mean, Unukai, we're all kind of suspecting, is going to end up being like. As much as he seems like he's on our side, like it's still kind of up in the air because we don't know what's going to happen to him mentally. I still think there's a very good chance these guys are son. I'm just saying. <laughs> shut I'm up. Just, saying. just shut up. Olivia? Just shut up. All right. There we go. So um, we find out he's, I'm going to still say it, from another world. The thing that's interesting about this, so this is the warring triad that we're talking about. This is a direct reference to Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, I'd like to point out that in Final Fantasy VI, Kefka t- tempted use the power of the Warring Triad to bring the world of balance into the world of ruin. Yep. So it's very clearly either drawing on one of two stories from my perspective. Mm-hmm. He seems incredibly invested in Kryle, and he seems incredibly invested in the Warring Triad. So one of these mm-hmm. two stories, and both of these stories have alternate worlds that kind of end up going to ruin in some way, shape, or form. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VI, it's Kefka... So it's possible his master, who will probably never be named, is actually a character from Final Fantasy VI. They'll never say that explicitly if he's actually mm-hmm. from another world, but it can... We've, we've had lightning in Eorzea, all right? Anything's yeah. fucking possible at yeah, this point. Yeah, possible. Yeah. The other thing is, is because Golif was from another world and experienced not similar things, sort of, like that was the power of crystals, not really the power of summons or primals, but... His, his investment, how attached he's becoming to Cryo almost makes me think he's in some way more attached than we kind of realize. And that Golov mm. is in some way behind this. Because Golov does originally come from another world. And he gets mm. stranded in the current world and he kind of like, he has no idea who he is for the longest time. And that's part of his identity. But he finds out he has a daughter and she knows who he is. and All this yeah. shit happens with him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
So you're you're drawing the connection. You think the connection's strongest to six or five? Six. Okay. I think it's pretty much yeah. calling to reference what Kafka does with the warring triad over Sure. Itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Okay, let me let me give you an alternative. Uh, Unu Kalhai says explicitly, uh, okay, hang on, I've got a quote here. On this other world, a magic was devised that allowed the realm's champions to use a stone known as Aurasite to contain the power of primals. Hey, guess what? Magicite from Final Fantasy VI. There is only one other Final Fantasy world where Aurasite has been explicitly used other than Heidelin, and that is Ivalus. Okay. <laughs> now we have another very interesting reference to someone from Ivalus who has an idea of everything that is going on on our star in terms of the whole Heidelin Zodiac thing. And that is someone who's written some oracles, Gerun oracles. <laughs> who was the leader of the Orcuria, basically the equivalent. He's, he's basically the Elidibus of, of Ivalus. Now, what I think is that Gerun has done a, you know, kind of Gilgamesh sort of thing. He's gotten involved in, in our stuff. World skipping. Yeah, this kid who's got the Echo has met him and has become his instrument and his puppet for our world. I think Unukalhai is still very much connected to our world, but we have the connection to Ivalis in his name, uh, you know, his name uh, from Tactics being associated with the 13th Zodiac Stone. I think he's, he's an instrument of, of Gerard. I think that that is the, the clearest, most direct reference we have with this whole uh, Aurasite thing. I think, Mike, that you, your theories are definitely still possible. There's definitely something there with the warning triad. But I just think this Aurasite thing is way too specific to let go. Well, I mean, that thing is with Final Fantasy VI. It's not called Aurasite. It's called Magisite. Like, it's, exactly. pretty, it's pretty much this, a similar yeah, it's concept. it's pretty much, it. yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it, does, it does the same thing. Um, but, yeah, when, when Unokalai is talking about how this world ended and what happened with the Aurasite, he's, he's pretty much describing the plot of Revenant Wing. Yeah, I don't know the fucking plot of that game. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's 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 how I see it. it, could go, it could, I don't think that we're ever going to get like a clear, uh, you know, it, it's in the same way. They're that never the going to. They're never going to just flat gonna, out say, "Hey, by the way, that was Evilise." Exactly. They're never going to explicitly say that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do explicitly mention that his master is Gerun, is someone named Gerun, saying as that name is already out there in association with you know someone who knows what's going on. Uh, in Heidelin from a, you know, a macro perspective. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's the most compelling thing to me at the moment. So Sly, whose side do you take? Because <laughs> we've, we've dried up any theory you may have. Like, that's like... Oh, well, really? Uh, the theory that he... Are we, are we still... Like, so the theory that he might be a little bit still... Doesn't... Well, that's kind of... That kind of plays on because Unakalhai and Elidibus yeah. have that relation in, uh, in yeah. Ivalice. How could a Lydibus lead a part? I mean, we've seen... Through the seen, Echo. Yeah, yeah, through the Echo. And that's what I was about to say. We've seen it through the Echo. And I'm looking at him right now. Like, in-game. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Zoomed in. Yeah, all right. And are you getting anything Come on. from Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, I just don't see anything else. Like, I just... In my mind, like... I, I see a little bit. Okay. No, from knowing that. Knowing you know what's even funnier about that? Someone just pointed out. I was gonna say a little bit is from Deep Dungeon and Tactics too. So that's even more fucking confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, look, a little bit doesn't want the world to be destroyed. 
He wants Zodiac to come back. Yeah, he doesn't want the world to be destroyed. He wants this dimensional collapse. He wants the rejoining to complete. But maybe he could see the warring triad as actually being a you know realistic threat to destroying the entire fucking star. I dwell in the land. Be something like that. By unending conflict. Run that by me again. Yes, use your words. I, I dwell in the land racked by unending conflict. Yes. Okay. Where are you going with this? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Which one? Like when he says that, I'm like, which one? But that could be any. That could be anywhere. That could be anywhere yeah, on yeah, Highland. That could be anywhere in any other Final Fantasy. Because here's the thing: when they say world, they can even be. They can mean from fucking fucking Maricidia for all we care. Yeah, like, exactly. So that tells us absolutely nothing, as far as I'm concerned. But I yeah. still don't think that he's a part of this world. He's not. Okay. The three triads were a part of this war. That's why they're the warring triad. <laughs> no, a part of this world. Oh, world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That he's actually from Highland. Okay, so he's backing that. He's backing up part of Athos's theory. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going with the world skipper theory here. He's a world skipper. Does that mean he's going to be in 15? <laughs> Could be. An ending comic. True. Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> While, 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 you, while you wonder about that, I have a question for both of you. Okay. We were told regular Van Hydras would be profoundly changed by the events that occurred during this, season, this section of the Warring Tribe. What the fuck profoundly think, changed about his I don't ass? think he's changed. <laughs> like, really? Like, with what we did, is he really changed? He seems like a red herring. It seems like they were implying yeah. that he was going to somehow do a Kefka thing. And he didn't. Unless he Not, did, no. we just didn't realize. Maybe, maybe he did extract something from that tomlith uh, that we didn't realize that he did. And that's because, why he was escaping with it. Yeah, because um, uh, Urian Jay had a look at it, and he was like, "Yeah, it doesn't look like he managed to get at much of it, but it's hard to." I think a little bit. Uh, sorry, Urian Jay pretty much explicitly said that it's hard to tell. I right. think he's got some information. I think he's got some information which is maybe going to set him apart from the Emperor and start craving power for himself. See, I absolutely think Regula is going to turn against the Emperor one way or the other here. Yeah, I think he's going to become a little bit more uh, megalomanic and maybe start having, uh, you know, aspirations of his own. Well, the ultimate problem with this is that we are now put in a situation where we know we only have two more major patches. Mm -hmm. And there is still what is the proposed entrance to where we will fight the Tower of Gods at the very top of Azus Law, where you can you can find a tower with a door that possesses one wing, mm -hmm. um, a one one single white wing, and um, we have two warring triads. Going to get that wing? I think the wing is just symbolic in a sense. I don't think like that that little tiny thing is him, but I feel like that's either the entrance to the other containment bays. Or it's, it has something to do with the Tower of Gods, pretty much. Or it could just be the piece of Azusla that communicated with Dalamud, and we could all just be looking way too far past it. That's possible as well. To the, to the skies. Yeah, you know I mean? Or maybe it's that one wing that keeps it afloat in the sky. Not fuck wind, wind crystals. <laughs> just that one wing flapping around just keeps it in the air. But I'm put in a situation where I have to decide where we're either never getting the Tower of Gods... Mm -hmm. we're getting or we're fighting both the demon and the goddess next patch no yeah that would be pretty tight I would love a three way no. fight here 
That would be pretty tough. Where they're fighting each other, and we're fighting them at the same time. That, so that hadn't like, even occurred. It would occurred. be like an Elidibus, not Elidibus, it, it would be like a La Habrea Igeon, where we're fighting one and then one. I'd see, but the thing is, they don't like each other, so it's not like I expect them to team up against us. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, what, that's why I don't think it'll... They're the warring triad for a reason. <laughs> right. Yeah, but Sephiroth wasn't fighting against them. The whole deal with Sephiroth is he was fighting against the Allegans in Maricidia. We've, we haven't had any explicit confirmation that they were warring against each other. I'm just they were just three things that were the thing warring is, against each other. In Final Fantasy VI, they warred against each other, and eventually they said, we need to stop fighting. They came fighting. to an agreement. Yeah, they yeah. came to an agreement. Yeah, that hasn't be- happened yet. They've been fighting against Alleg, and Alleg has, has imprisoned all three of them. And put them up there as like trophies. I don't think it's ever made explicit anywhere that they have any beef against each other. So is it outside the realm of possibility that we get one on our side? Well, one of them teams up with us. I don't know. I, I, the thing is, despite being told that, ultimately it's the fiend, the demon, and the goddess. And ultimately, mm-hmm. none of them, despite the despite the uh, terms fiend and demon being kind of considered as evil, they're not evil. They're not beings that are pure evil. But you have to also consider the fact that we know what happens to a primal when it's trapped for 5,000 years and what happens yeah. when it gets free. Right. So to think that they could have any sort of reason with us is just beyond me. They're not going to look at us and be like, oh, no, you freed us. You're cool. Like, <laughs> they're going to be like, who the fuck? They're going to give us that look Sephiroth gave us where he's like, who the fuck are you? I don't care. I'm mad. But even if they... Even <laughs> if they- even if they were cool with us, we've still got a responsibility to destroy them. Yeah, having much. having primals in any form for any reason, no matter who's side on, uh, but, you know. But Shiva was think, on our side. Not, <laughs> yeah, but Shiva Shiva wasn't a primal for most of the time. She was on our side, and when she did become a primal, we weren't like we weren't cool with that. Yeah, yeah, and then she. We're did. like, you can't keep doing that. That's not good for the planet. That's using a shitload of ether. Stop. 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 <laughs> So I'm I'm beginning I'm beginning to think the trial of 3.4 is they're going to explicitly call it like containment base something else and we're probably going to fight both the demon and the who are considered complete yeah, opposites they're kind of considered opposites of each other yeah yeah that would be a very interesting fight yeah and considering that Yoshi P says he wants to after sort of the response to the more recent content especially like the Aquapolis he wants to make things a bit more dynamic when it comes to dungeons and trials and whatnot yeah, where you kind, you kind of don't know the outcome it'd be kind of cool if like the fight changes depending on you know which one kind which one of the two kind of comes into the play and it also mm. it just makes for a far cool and we never fought two primals at once it's never happened before no. unless you unless you want to consider Thornton and the 12 as one as two and yeah. they're all kind of one yeah, oh, I think see is like two LBs going off at once. That's yeah, you, yeah, you see two limit. You see two LBs going off at once. Yes. Oh man, I mean, I, this hadn't even occurred to me five minutes ago, and now I'm so fucking excited for it. That would be a lot that happens. Now you got me on board of this shit. I'm like, now you're I'm, bored of three point three, and you're like, fuck it. No. No. Oh, God damn. All right. I just think that ultimately, regular either either he got nothing, and his failure is going to, you know, kind of make the emperor because the emperor just literally tolerates does not tolerate failure in any respect. He already failed an ethrochemical the first time. He's now failed a yeah. second time where the door was literally put open for him, even if it was a trap. He's not happy. <laughs> the Emperor no, can't be happy. he's not going to be able to go back to the Emperor empty-handed. Yeah, so he either got something when he left or he's going to go back empty and he's going to literally be kind of cast aside and have to go after this power on his own. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to spark him to kind of... The, the thing that profoundly changed him was just his success within the aetherochemical research facility. 
Mm -hmm. So okay, I think we have a lot to go on here. And just any anything else about the wine triad slide? Yeah, we haven't. We have, we've just been me and Athos been talking. You know, yeah. <laughs> we've just been nerding out over here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and we still have two more stories to talk about too. One is man. What happened? All right. I said one is man. We can kind of stick. No, we don't need to skip Hildebrand. That's not even the one we're doing next. That's not I, I know. We're, 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 well, I can't really speak on it because I haven't completed it. You're the only one. Oh, uh, both of us what, what, what is that that only I've completed that you guys haven't? Oh, fucking animal, Chris. That fucking animal weapon. I got it. Fucking I got it anima. Three hours ago. Three Congratulations. hours. What do you, you want a fucking medal. Congratulations. Honestly, the weapon looks like shit for Monk. It's literally a can opener. Dude, have you seen... Oh, my God, the Dragoon one? Oh, the Dragoon one with the, the face is kind of weird, though. You know, you know, what do you mean the face is weird? You know, it's David Bowie's face, right? <laughs> we go back David to, Bowie's face. Do we go back to the anti-tower? I don't know, dude, but that's fucking David Bowie's face through and through. All right, well, if you, if you say so. <laughs> Our weapon is Iggy Stardust. Yeah, our, weapon, our weapon is a cocaine addict, is what yeah. I've learned about this process. Well, oh David Bay. So there's a few interesting points. So, so Ardashir goes to Elan in mm -hmm. Idleshire. He kind of has a thing for him. How you doing? Yeah, a little bit. And that was really funny. The more, I know. <laughs> the more interesting thing is that that Elan and and uh, their assistant are specifically working on the growth of carbuncles using different stones. You can yeah. see they have an enormous diamond carbuncle with them. Oh, this was so good. I love that we're talking more about carbuncles and how they work. Yes. I'm so excited about that. So that, that is literally what they're all about. Like that is their entire, what their entire research is dedicated. And all you're trying to do here with the anima weapon is replicate the process with the anima itself. The same exact process that they use to enhance the and grow the carbuncles right well the thing the thing with the carbuncle right is that we're producing it from a certain stone and a certain stone has its own uh i guess ethereal blueprint you know like like um emerald carbuncle right it's mostly uh, uh wind aspected right right is that right yeah yeah so we know from that that a, that a wind crit, uh sorry uh, uh emerald is sort of leaning towards the wind spectrum Right, um, but you can make more complicated carbuncles out of things like diamonds and, and obsidian, obsidian, as we saw Alpha Nose done. They have more complicated uh, blueprints. So what she's basically doing, it seems, is designing blueprints for carbuncles and saying we use a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and create our own. Oh, our own glamour system for three point four. Ulan would like to speak with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. She's basically an expert in identifying blueprints of carbuncles. And what our anima is, is basically a very, very complicated, uh, you know, more intelligent, more sentient version of, of a carbuncle soul. Yeah. And so she's identifying that and she's working out the stuff that it's made of and what we have to, to feed it with and supplement it to grow, you know, in its particular uh, particular way, particular area, without leaning so far to one way or another that it ends up becoming unstable and uh, overexposed, destroying itself. Yeah, right. And so, in that process, we have to give it a lot of sand. Yeah. Now, what's funny about this quest 
you'll notice that it, when you go through the bar, there's it's broken up into sixths. Mm-hmm. So you have every 40 points, it basically reaches just past the line. And those lines don't typically have any influence, but the farther your anima gets, the more, like, obsessed it becomes with reaching its full potential. It starts, mm-hmm. it starts, it starts going, are you, pl- are you pleased with my progress? Or can we go back to the lady to get more sands, please? Or, yeah, um, it's a crack addict. Yeah. Or we must continue to study on. And, and it gets to the point where at the halfway point, uh, Ulan says, you're done. The anima can go no further. And the anima comes out and goes, no, we're going to keep going. And you ba- and basically Alon's like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's interesting that your anima wants to go further, but it could very well destroy itself at this point if you keep doing yeah. this. Yeah. And it gets so much to the point where the anima is on the brink of its own destruction, and that's when you put it in its new vessel, which is the new weapon that Geralt has built. You remove the soul stone that is in your current weapon. Mm-hmm keep it intact, and then place it in the new weapon. By the way, that soul stone is way too small for the size of my hands for my Lalafell. I'd just like to point that out. It's a huge stone. It's like the size of Ardashir's head. And it's somehow being just... Geralt's just knocking it into that thing. And the thing is just addicted to energy. As soon as it's finished, though, it no longer is addicted to it. But what it can do is it can now manifest in the physical realm so someone other than it's than the person wielding the weapon can see it. Mm-hmm. And so Ardashir actually gets all giddy because he gets to have a conversation with the anima. And the anima even cracks a joke on him. And he's, he compliments that the anima has actually developed a sense of humor. Because he goes, you know, Ardashir, you're, look, you're, you're seeming like you're in need of a new vessel too. Perhaps Garol can make you something that you can squeeze into. Now, the other, the other thing with the, you know, the appearance and I guess the metaphysics of Val, uh, Val anima is that it it has the same appearance as the elementals in 1.0 yes it does so not only do we have a comparison here to carbuncles we have maybe a hint that the elementals might be more than they seem right and um that we've basically constructed an elemental and that it's it's essentially the same thing i don't know maybe the elementals were made it's quite possible wouldn't be that weird. We found out, you know, plenty of, you know, beast tribes have been made. Uh, Arachnid Eve was made. Yeah, exactly. So, so do you see the elementals as another, as Does that mean? So what you're saying, wrong? so what you're saying is we're going to make a tribe of elementals. They're going to have sex with all the Dodonians, then the Padjal are going to be a race. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Confirmed. that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's the one. Confirmed. All right, just one. making sure. All right. I'm thinking that this thing's going to be a minion if you complete your animal weapon at some point, like you're going to actually I get hope it. So. I hope so because they're, they're giving it a character and like, they can't put that character like the main scenario quest or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. got to, I don't know. There's got to be some resonance, you know? I wonder how it would react to like other animas. Like if it would interact with other animas, like, cause they're kind like, of like, like the minions, like, like the minions do, do dance with the other anima weapons. And it probably wants to interact with other beings like itself. It can't want to just be its own thing and then not kind of, cause it's growing curious. It's growing more invested in, in the workings of human life as it evolves. Yeah. I think, I think a really good reward again, having a minion would be great, but I think a really good reward, which they're almost definitely not going to do is give us like some unique dialogue, dialogue, uh, in the same way that, you know, finishing the level 50 Dragoon job quest gave some extra dialogue all the way through heaven's ward. Why couldn't we have, uh, our anima doing a sort of mid guard summer 
kind of commentary thing at certain points through but the question questions. is the question would be who would this dialogue take place because not not a lot of people i mean the only thing the only people i can think of is people who have history with Ardashir or um people with, people with animal weapons pretty much no i'm saying yeah, i'm saying i can see, I, I can see it happening with Romina, maybe yeah no i'm just thinking that even in like the main scenario you it, it could have opinions you know you can have a dialogue with Midgard Stormer. It's like, yo, are you hanging out in here too? Yeah, I'm hanging out in here too. Yeah, I mean that would yeah, that would be nice. That would be a nice touch. That would be another thing that feels that makes us feel motivated to grind at this weapon. Is that you know it actually builds our character. We have like a new you know a new a new character in our troop, and and right. that may be permanent. I think that would I, be really cool. I want to know if that decision between male and female is going to matter at any point. Because I've ruled out that it's it's a sale or horse. Yeah, we've all ruled that out by now. But yeah, I just I just hope that they they make it something that really resonates uh, beyond its own quest line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's definitely far more yeah. interesting than our our what's it called Zodiac Brave weapon was. Yeah, absolutely. Now, happy now that you finished the actual weapon, unquote finished. Do you feel like it's complete? No. Because I, so I know those motherfuckers are going to make it glowy and shit. Oh, definitely. Okay, so you both agree that this isn't the it's last... It's so minute. far from... They, no, so the, so the thing is with the hyperconductive, they leave you with a sense that it's incomplete when you finish mm-hmm. the hyperconductive weapon. In this sense, mm-hmm. they give you a sense it's complete, but that Ardashir is just so obsessed with it that he probably he wants to go further, which Do is why he, go further. He, yeah. he asks your anima to please rest because it's already, it's spent so much of its energy kind of, he says it's been a long day and I was like, yeah, you don't know the fucking half of it, you little shit. <laughs> long day, my ass, it's been a long two weeks. So it's been less than a day since I got my anima weapon, apparently. Since I started the quest according to fucking Ardashir. It's been yeah, less how than many, a day. How many hunts and shit have you done within that? I probably I don't know how many aetherochemical. I I did at least fifteen aetherochemicals today, um, on top of my roulettes in order to finish it. Because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I was seven umbrites from finishing it today. I was twenty two points actually, but I needed one plus one to guarantee that it was done in seven umbrites. That's all I got, and the last seven was a single plus one. So um, lucky me. <sighs> But regardless, uh, yeah, the anima quest is far more interesting. I just want that thing as a minion at the end. I think that's a, another reward that kind of, there's obviously another title other than the Numenon. It'd be so easy to do. Like, they've already, they've already got the assets. They've already got a model. Yeah, it's just, just yeah. make it, and they've even got just a summoning and desummoning animation. Yeah, just do it. And the last story I have written down for the show tonight, and it's the last story I say, it's the last story I have written down because I did not write shit about the Moogles on these notes, is, mm. uh, is Hildebrandt. Now, as short as 3.2's Hildebrand, far more entertaining than 3.2's Hildebrand. It wasn't that short. People were saying, oh, it was only 20 minutes. It was 45 minutes. It was not 45 minutes. It I was did it. 45. I did it. I did it last night. It was not even it was close 20. to 45 minutes. You must, minutes. you uh, must I, I did so much dialogue. I know. I read it Actually, everything. I didn't. No, no. You can't even skip what? half of it because it's a fucking slow motion scene with a well, pile dr- with a fucking clothesline at the end of it. Well, I recorded it and edited it down, and I've got it at forty five. Sounds like you run to run between NPCs real slow. Is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> All right, that that may be true. A lot of it was a, just back and forth. Yeah, but we do learn quite a bit about Gigi in this case, and also Gigi. I feel bad for this fucking man that at this point just. 
everything this man is going through. But this was an infinitely more entertaining. Uh, is it a man or is it a she? Yeah, it's a little girl. Anyway, so <laughs> like just the converse, just the dialogue here is just so much more entertaining than three point two, where it was kind of just trying to bring Hildebrand back. Whereas this mm -hmm. was more like Hildebrand back to his original antics. Yeah. And it felt a lot more appropriate. Like, if I'm going to get quests this short, this effort's acceptable. I'm still kind of leaning on the side I where I'd like to see more was, effort. Uh, a little bit forced. Really? Hildebrand yeah. is, is forced in its entirety. Yeah, exactly. Like, Hildebrand well, exists in its own universe. It doesn't, doesn't have the same sort of, you know, logic. But I felt like they, they, they were trying really hard to bring Hildebrand back to what he was. And it, it, just came, it just came off as forced. Hmm. That gif is beautiful, by the way. Whoops. Um, I'm going to look at that in a minute. Yeah, it's not the shaking of the hands one, but it's it's beautiful all the same. Oh, man. Okay, so um, I'm still not a fan of the length. I would still love to see more work put in, especially because Beast Tribes, There's here they already commented, there's no more Beast Tribes for Heaven's Ward unless they do, like, an allied Beast Tribe, and that's the only thing, and there's only two more patches really left. But do you really possibly. think that within these two patches we're going to get the... Content that we want to because no, I don't. Yeah, Julian trial. Oh, yeah, Jul Julian. Like, like maybe a Julian, Julian fight. Maybe trial. that would be so good. Maybe. I don't think we could win that. I don't think we could win. If we got a trial against her, it'd probably be one where she's just chasing us with the pan and we're running away from her, trying to not get one shot the entire yeah, time. Yeah, there's no way we could uh, be Julian. So, no. are, are we are we considering the pan as a new dark knight weapon? She, they literally call her Dark Knight. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And all because she doesn't want her grandchild to be a mammoth. She wants it to be a human being. But, they, but she knows that her fucking son and her husband are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they spend, the, they, they spend the beginning just kind of walking around Ishgard showing Gigi around. And Edmont is a bro. First oh, of all... such a bro. Okay, but before we say that, yeah. what the fuck is House Manderville? Come on, are you fucking telling me there's... A, Ma a Manderville house in Ishgard at this point? No. They lied to him there are five holy houses? They're referring to the fact that they're the equivalent of a high house in Uldar. They're part of the syndicate. It's the same. It's but, the they same. but they make it seem like it's an Ishgard thing. Like, they don't make it seem like the syndicate is the house of Manderville. No, I think it's just their way of, of rationalizing it and putting it in, in terms that, that make sense to an Ishgardian. Yeah, I guess but so. In, in Seer terms is of a that, pretty I think crazy Manderville, House Manderville, has a hand in most of the city-states. Yeah, it seems like no matter where you go, like Godbert has some sort of reach into, yeah. the, into politics of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like he goes on vacation in, in, in Lenosha and you have to oil him up. And that's how we kind of that's how we created that's how people figured out he was part of he was Hildebrand's father was because of that quest where you oil him up, and then yeah. you get the quest where you have to oil up Hildebrand back in two point one. That was a great way of linking those two together. Um, yeah, so yeah. The meteor survivor ring was not a fitting reward for that though. I gotta say. Um, so anyway, yeah. What we, um, one thing I wanted to draw attention to? What did you think of the the uh, the Godbert Crafter LB? That was pretty funny, the crafter LB, where he took a giant fucking. Hammer. He pretty much did braver with the hammer. Yeah. He took it. He took a Disney hammer to fucking Gigi's body, pretty much. That was pretty great. And Edmont's like, "That's a boy, right?" <laughs> <laughs> he was right. That is a strapping young lad. That's a strapping young lad, isn't it? And he's just like, "Yeah, I'm just like, it's better to just play along." What What do you guys think that Gigi is? 
He's, a, he's uh, whatever. Wait, where, he, where is he from? Oh, uh, wherever those three creepers on the fucking cliff are from. <laughs> but he he seems to be using time magic, right? Yeah. Which Look kind of the effect? Oh, it seems that it, it's he time magic. Tell me. Don't tell me. Now, where have we, where have we no. seen mammoths other than other than Uldar? We saw mammoths in, in the Anti Tower. Now, time time magic is something that you'd associate more with the Charlands than anything else, wouldn't you? Yeah. Although we've seen it, although we've seen it in Alexander, and that doesn't seem to be Charlane. Alexander. Well, I mean, unless the Charlanes created that bubble in, as a, as a means of containing Alexander. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I think I yeah, think he might be someone made a comment. I I was thinking like maybe it's from an old dynasty of Uldar, given the whole you know black mage thing. Are, are you really about you know the whole Charlemagne connection? I think that's the most likely. At the moment. Are, are you really thinking time mage? Yeah, he's a time mage. He absolutely is a time mage. He literally restores objects to a previous time frame with time, his magic. Time, time mage confirmed. And the animation that he does, it's like it's like a clock face. It is. It's literally a clock it face. It is a clock face. Back. And it makes a ticking noise. It goes tick, 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 tick. He's a time mage. I mean, he's either an astrologian or a charlatan. Like, he's one of the two things, pretty much. Yeah. Because astrologians with the... But astrologians don't turn back time. They just kind of extend yeah. things. They read the stars. Yeah. They they bend time. They don't right. like stop it or you know. Anyway. Although although originally they wanted celestial they wanted um uh, celestial what is it a collective unconscious to actually stop time or they wanted the uh, the LB three originally yes. to stop time. Yeah. Yeah. But so they didn't. They didn't. Because they couldn't. Time yeah. Because time mage confirmed. No, shut up. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Sh shut your whore mouth. What are we gonna say? We're gonna say Sly. He's just pissed off about Time Mage. What's wrong with it? A green Mage, man. They're green I mean, mages. Bless them. I hate fucking Time Mage. Haste, slow, and all that bullshit. They'll be a haste gonna, bot. They'll just spam haste on everyone. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be a haste bot. They're going to replace Astro. So, um, still feels like an afterthought, this patch, but it was far more entertaining watching GG. So... The converse, so after Gigi runs away and he goes mm -hmm. and you have to chase him and you talk to the NPC that's still in Ishgard right outside uh, Falcon's Nest. Mm -hmm. um, if you walk up to him, he acknowledges that he doesn't, he didn't call it a mammoth. He calls it what he's like, I think it was a Lollafell. But then yeah. if you're a Lollafell, he starts talking to you about Lollafells. Yeah. And he has a conversation with you and it was like, you know, oh, you know, he's not really quite like that, like that Lollafell that are that's in the forgotten night you know definitely not a dancer or singer and you know you definitely don't look like that and, and all fellas they're nice people but you you're 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 a good guy i'm sure but <laughs> but he basically seems really nervous talking about lalafels the guy is it who, because that you're a lalafel you yeah because okay. he because he specifically points to my character and says something about me being a lalafel right okay yeah so, unless I misinterpreted that, but it seems like he just got into a whole t tirade about Lollafells. And then Stop digging himself a hole. <laughs> yeah, literally, he's just like, I mean, I like them. They're great. It's, it's like, have you, seen that, have you seen that skit from fucking Family Guy where it's Back to the Future and you find out that, um, that the doc has a problem with Marty's oh, daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, that he's Mary, Yeah, Mary. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, yeah, doc yeah. is racist, pretty much. Yeah, Doc yeah. is racist. He's like, no, 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 I think it's great, you know? <laughs> yeah. Peanut butter was invented by a black man. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts throwing out random facts. Yeah, 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 it's definitely one of those. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Uh, yeah. 
And Gigi with a Roganin's body is probably the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was I was I was in that tears. That fucking it's, clothesline I'm from hell. So I I have the fact yeah the clothesline and the fact that the, they do the zoom on Hildy's face and he's still like so fucking happy. He's like oh man, I just completely lost it. I've never laughed so hard at this game. Yeah, and the fact that they did that. I almost want to play the John Cena right there no. in that moment. And his name is John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and I like how Godbert follows this trend of it being fixed but him going the next step because that's what he did with the pot back in um, yeah. A Realm Reborn and then he goes and he turns him into a fucking rocket yes okay so the one thing that we got to talk about um, the people who are watching GG the number one theory going around is that there were three of them it is the three black waltz that it is the, gr- it is the group known as the black waltz hmm hmm even if okay. they are Ishgardian knights, they follow the same... They probably are a representation of the Black Waltz. Okay, can you extrapolate on that? Explain to people what the Black Waltz is? So in Final Fantasy IX, um, Vivi, who Gigi is based off of, mm-hmm. was... Um, he's just, he, he just kind of is a, a thing. He doesn't know what he is. He just kind of lives and he just acts like a person. He's asexual, isn't he? Yeah. He's, mm. a, he's, he's a creation. He's, a, he's, yeah. a, he's created as a weapon of war. Um, the thing is, he's kind of different from the rest of them, and so they, so the uh, Alexandrian Empire creates uh, black mages that look pretty much exactly like him, with the sole purpose of um, of acting as weapons of war, soulless weapons of war. So they don't actually lose any soldiers in any any way, yeah. shape, or form. The three leading commanders are known as Black Waltz One, Two, and Three, and mm-hmm. they come to collect Vivi pretty much at some point or another, or to collect. Uh, Sedane or the or the princess, whichever whatever they're after, and they eventually go crazy with power, and uh, they just you gotta be, gotta beat their ass pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Kuja see- that creates black mages because he brings that magic over from the other continent. That's do you foresee I mean. a black waltz trial? That's what some people are guessing that this may that that may be the Hildebrand trial we see is against the black waltz. That that's a very a very Charlene thing to do if you've played through the the Astro job quests and the fact that they're not okay with this sort of astro knowledge falling into hands and they travel to Ishgard to sort of reappropriate it. So yeah, I think, I think that's likely. I think that's probably the most likely scenario is that we've got a Charlene Black Waltz here coming to, uh, to collect their missing Gigi. They're missing Gigi. Mm. Now, if you remember about the Black Waltz, they had a fixed kind of element story. One was fire, one was thunder, and one was um, ice. Ice. So, are we saying that uh, Gigi is the fourth? You have to say that again. Are we saying that Gigi is the fourth Black Waltz? No, he's just he's a, he's a creation under them. Probably yeah. some probably something that okay. they created or their. I mean, it, it's the just a theory I'm throwing out here. Like, but. yeah, I mean, as stated, Vivi's a prototype. In Final Fantasy IX, it's very possible that the that GG is also this a prototype. Is also a prototype. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And the fact that he's got the same models as the as the uh, little black mage dudes in the Anti Tower, I think, really does uh, collaborate on that. Yes, yeah. he's undoubtedly of. I think at this point, it's pretty it's pretty certain he's of some sort of Charlayan, uh, yeah, Charlayan history. Okay. Which is which is cool because that kind of and then of course we have Julian who, <laughs> just scariest thing we talked about it before but basically they're talking about how godbert's so proud to be a grandfather now because at, throughout all of this we kind of skipped over it 
Hildebrand and Nashu keep calling them, keep calling Gigi their son and or daughter, depending on which one of the two you ask. <laughs> we kind of glanced over that, but that's one of the key themes here is that Hildebrand is like, I'm a dad. Yeah. And he kind of gives Gigi the sense that it doesn't matter if he, that he knows Gigi's a machine, but he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he, it's not like he's ever thought he wasn't a machine. He just doesn't care. He's like, you're Manderville, no matter what. You're fucking Manderville yeah. at this point. You can be Manderville yeah. machine. Manderville mammoth. There you go. And so uh, Julian's not having it. She wants a real grandson or grandkid. That isn't a so mammoth. bad that she hulks out and goes dark night on everybody. Yeah, she literally, her pants. She's got a very, very short fuse. Yeah. Seen that really? so many times. Yeah, dude, all through the ARR Hildebrand quest. She's fucking insane. Yeah. She's pretty nuts. <laughs> But now she's like legit, like Sierra's like, I heard of the Dark Knights, but I never thought I'd see one. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. He's so scared of her. He's frightened. <laughs> so frightened. I mean, I don't blame him. I think anyone. Somebody better cosplay as Julian at fucking Fan Festival with a giant a fucking frying fucking pan. Pot. With a yeah. huge fucking frying pan, please. I but then again, doesn't, what does she wear in A Realm Reborn, Julian? I think she wears the... Um... The sort of classic, like, all done merchant gear. Mm, I can't remember. I'll have to take a look back. Because I don't, because yeah. this, she wears Ishgardian cloak or, or coat for the snow, like the same one that, Min- yeah. that like, Menphilia had. Back yeah, the Highlands the, coat. Yeah. yeah, the Highlands coat. So, I mean, it's still, I, it's, it's, yeah, she's Chi Chi. There you go. She's the Chi Chi of this. Basically. And, and now we left off with Hildebrand and God. See, this is what I don't like about about the new Hildebrand quest, they pretty much leave it at, like, somebody's watching them, and then they just show the characters. They, they used to, like, have this teaser for the next patch, kind of at the end, and now yeah. they just show all the characters that showed up. They even showed the dude who was selling the pot for $100 million. Yeah. Like, but then they, that's it. It's see you next time. It's I almost It almost time. tells me they have next no idea what the yeah. next one's going to be like, because they just barely had enough time to develop this one. They, I'm they sure have I'm sure but, they know it. But they couldn't possibly get the development. It seems like they just literally couldn't get the development time in to drop that, like, teaser at the end at this point. Like, that's how much they're just trying to fit Hildebrand in at this mm. point. Because usually last patch, we would have gotten, like, a, a Coblin or something, like, running across or, or you know, Enkidu or something. You know, something yeah. to tease the next, the next iteration of Hildebrand. We don't get that. But we did. It just wasn't as, as entertaining and well produced a way i hope we get to fight the black waltz that's all i know yeah yeah i think that's or julian or julian one of the two or or both shut up (laughs) did you just say why can't we have both Mm -hmm. yeah okay i just had i just needed to know that that i was i understood the spanish that you were telling me so why can't we have both there we go Mm. so i didn't put anything in the notes but I have a feeling Ethis may want to briefly discuss the Moogle quests. I haven't started the Moogle quests. You don't, I'm surprised you don't even know. I'm surprised you don't know anything about it. I had a feeling you no. didn't do them, but I was surprised nope. you hadn't like found nope. out what the story's going no, on. No, I'm there. trying to stay right away from them. I don't want to know about them until I'm done with my anima. I've literally, like, all my game time at the moment is dedicated to my anima. Nothing yeah, else you're still so slow. Not as slow as slow. Not that slow. I'm at 120. I'm not that slow. Yeah, you're pretty slow. Ah, uh, did a little bit. Not not enough to make a make an opinion on the mm. Google Quest. But 
I know for a fact that I'm not ready for it, even though I only have one fucking uh, crafter above 50. So. I have one crafter. I have three crafters at 50. None hey. above. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have much interest in, in touching. The rewards from them are pretty good. Between yeah, the, the rewards, I've heard, like, people tell me that the rewards for the Moogle Quest are amazing, even though they, they've kind of um, scaled down in terms of price. Yeah. Um, they're still actually pretty good money makers. It's too so, bad uh, you just brought something up, because you talk about glass fibers, right? Yes. Because, I mean, the glass fiber is the only thing that... I, one thing that's interesting yeah. is they, it's, now the, it's now the fastest beast tribe to do the 210 step of the relic with. That's another mm -hmm. thing to note. Because you get three Koopo nuts per quest at rank seven, which is in eight. That's subtle. You get it in eight days. That means you can get one animal item every two days. Dang. Which that's is, true. I mean, that's still 160 days. Much. <laughs> just would like to point that out. People have been telling me that they really like the Moogle quests, and it's not—they're not just doing it for glass fibers, like like Sly and I kind of insinuate. Apparently, it's, that's, the it's, that's the only reason why I would do them for the money. Well, I need to get to it. Like I say, at the, at the moment, I'm in the position where every time I log on and I'm doing something that is not getting me SOs and like a shitload of SOs, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I could be, I could be, oh, I need my SOs. <laughs> what the f is wrong um, with you? <laughs> I'm tweaking for SOs, dude. Now you got me thinking about we're, we're, we're like the we're like right. the animal weapon. We're tweaking for essos, man. Yeah, imagine imagine the animal imagine the animal talking to other animal weapons like yo, you got that stuff. Yeah, I got that. Stuff. <laughs> yo, you got that sand dog. <laughs> hey man, uh, you, and, and then we go we go have this conversation at Ulan. Okay, um, and then I mean, there's not really too much else for us to discuss. The, the Aquapolis almost has no story behind it. It pretty much we're just thrown into this portal, and we can look at the architecture, and that's all we can really tell. It's so Have how's your um, expedition in the Aquapolis been? Have you made it to the seven chamber? Mm. No, I okay. did one. I did one long night of it where we did like maybe thirty maps, um, oh. and we got to the six a couple of times. No, I haven't seen the seven. It's, um, I don't think there's anything in there that oh, is really uh, hundred thousand gil. No, no, I mean, I mean, in terms of like lore, lore and and things. Yeah, like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's just a money grab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is still there. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced. It's yeah. still there. Slide, you seen the seven? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not the only Twice. one then. So hooray! High five. So funny story. Um, two or three days ago, we were in the Aquapolis and we did five maps. We had to the seventh floor twice in five maps. What? We went, went to the left. We only you went fucking to the, what? We only went to the left every time. Oh, he, went, he pulled up Beyonce and went to the left. Yeah, right. We went with Beyonce and got to the seventh chamber. Twice. I'm the same way, dude. I always go to the left. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything is everything is to the now. To how the many left. disco lights did you get on there? Four. In one map. Four <laughs> disco lights. That is fucking lucky. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's pretty scary. But uh, I made out, I've, I've done, I've gotten to the seventh floor, I think a total of seven times now. And in all of my Aquapolis adventures, I think I've earned a total of, I had 15.8 mil to start the patch. I now have 19.8 on my character. Then I haven't taken any off my retainers. And I've, my retainers, I think I've sold a total of 13 million on them through the Aquapolis. Mm -hmm. I've never gotten a dwarf rabbit. Yeah, it's a bank. I've seen I, the dwarf rider come up once. Now, have, you, seen, have, you been, twice. have you been buying maps, or are these no. just the ones that you're finding? I've never bought a map. 
that's that's quite a profit. Yeah. And on top of that, we have, the new rule is that for your map that we the rule that I everything run with, is yours. Anything you want is yours. Yeah. If it's everybody else greeds, like we we have the rule that like everybody will greed map only. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So what we do is if it's the seventh floor loot and it's if so any minions any music sheets because all the music sheets sell for a really high price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, any grade 5 materia, any grade 4 materia that's of value, which is usually crafter's competence for like elemental 4s. Um, mm -hmm. So even the stuff that's going straight into people's inventory. Yeah, so you get yeah we ask, we ask that people keep track of it and okay. trade it. Anything that's anything worth less than 100k is not, it's free. It's free pretty much. Anything worth yeah. at least 12 digits. I think that's digits. the way that most, most people are doing it at the moment. Yeah. And we, people have been making some pretty, the, the only thing that sucks is when people get like the first floor kick out and they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna make you know, nothing. It happens, but that happens with every map. Like that yeah. was how we did maps before, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sometimes you just get a shitty, shitty chest. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, nothing you can do. And we've, I've made, I've made an insane amount of money from the co-op. From the co-op. From the, the co-op. Yeah. Uh, are we? Are we hip? That's what we're calling. It no, that's. I've co -op. been calling it you, the hashtag. You call your Jersey boys, and you're like, yeah, dog, maybe me down the co-op. Yeah, maybe down the co-op, yo. Get Come your, on. Get a few maps and a few beers, and we're going down to the quap, yo. <laughs> going down to the quap, yo. Yeah, it's uh, we lo I like I love the quap, and it's funny because I accidentally called scripts. I called them squips the other day, so I was like, hey, I want to go get some squips, and I go to Quapolis. There we go. The quap, quap, quap. I'm bring a few squips and go to the quap. Yeah, I need to go get chill. some blues. I need to right, go get gonna some blues. We're going to get to the seven chamber on this quap right here. We're going to yeah, get this fucking... Yo, my hey, girl, come, come my girl Beyonce, my girl chill, Beyonce, baby. the goddess right here, taking us left the whole way. Praise <laughs> be to Beyonce. That's what I'm talking about right there. Oh, my God. Love the quap. That's the lore behind the Aquapolis, by the way. Just saying. Okay. But on that note, yeah, the Sylvia has nothing happens to us in the second hour. We just fucking direct. The second hour, dude. We're almost at the third hour at this point. So at that point, guys, I think we pretty much covered everything lore related. Overall, very fulfilling patch. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Plenty more to do. And I'm more interested in now that we won't have be we won't have any more beast tribes. They said the goblins aren't getting their own beast tribe quest. They said Alexander pretty much is the goblin beast tribe quest from mm. uh, their commentary. <laughs> so that means there may be some better developments for the other side stories, like the uh, Saint Endelim's uh, Scholisticate is likely mm -hmm. going to be getting an extension in the next patch. Yep, um, which along, I'm along for. with more Hildebrand. So we do have yep. some pretty interesting things to look forward to. Yeah. Now in two weeks we better put all this knowledge to work because in two weeks we have Aorzivia. Oh yeah, I should remind you guys. Yeah, two weeks we're gonna have Aorzivia. I've been saying on Twitter a couple of times. I think last time I was on the show as well. Um, I am going to be taking questions that I think are are particularly don't uh, trust people. No. Or questions no. that I haven't. Well, I'm screening. No. I'm screening them properly. They have to be like stuff I haven't asked before, and they have to be stuff that's not that's not like insanely difficult, but is still you know quite uh, engaging and interesting. So you can email me your questions. Don't tweet them to me because uh, Sly and Michael see them. You can email them to me at ethisffxiv at gmail.com. Uh, I'll make sure that's in the description of the video for those of you uh, listening on YouTube. And uh, yeah, we're going to be doing Aozibia next week, and it's it's going to be really exciting. No, not next week. Two weeks from now. No, uh, two weeks two from weeks. now. Sorry, next time I'm on. Two yeah. weeks from now. Next week so, we have. Have we come to the consensus that we are getting a team for this? Yeah, I, I don't think we decided yet. Yeah, we haven't decided if we're doing a team battle. In which case, poops Might on be my a team. team. Battle. If yeah. poops on my team because we're the we're the reigning team champs. 
I, I'd, I'd love to have Pook and Mary because I think Mary knows his yeah, law. Yeah, you, yes. can have, you can have Mary. I get Pook. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Thank you. Let's go. Mary, let's go. I'd Make love to have Frosty on, but after my talk on, on Mog Talk with Frosty the other day, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to ask him law questions. I'm not going to do that to him. Oh, Sorry, Frosty. I love you, Frosty, but God, you need to read up on your law. After seeing Adagio's performance, were you really that surprised to see Frosty didn't know much more? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Literally, I it wasn't even stuff. me and Pook versus Sly and Adagio. It was Pook, a little bit of me, and versus Sly. Yeah, yeah. Pook, Pook is the, the true law king. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. But if we do that, we'll find someone good for you, Sly. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then next week, we have Ash, our crafter extraordinaire. All about that money! All about that money, Mister. Uh, what do I? What do I want to call him, Mister. Mister Ten Digits. Make it rain, Mister. Make it rain. No, Mister. Mister. Capped out, Mister Ten Digits, because that's how much Jeez, a billion is—is is ten digits. I was gonna go make it rain because of the Make It Rain campaign. It's done though. The Make It Rain campaign's gone, dude. I know. I like how. By the way, going back, they did refer to the Gold Saucer in the Hildebrand quest line this time around. They did have one very subtle line. He's like, "Oh, you would oh, make it great." Did. Yeah, a little yeah. attraction in the Gold Saucer. Um, yeah. yeah, just saying, they've started to acknowledge the gold saucer a little bit more when it comes to uh, just the Hildebrand, the Manderville line. So he's actually going to be on the show live. Normally we do pre-recorded segments with Ash on like a Sunday because it's like 2 a.m. where he is when the show starts. He's going to be on the show live because he doesn't have class the next morning or anything. Woo! Do it live! Damn! We're going to do it live. So he's going to be joining us to talk about uh, this patch, what the changes have been, what's been the effect of all the new crafting and gathering gear what the uh, housing was like over for him on his server, uh, if his opinions on the whole getting banned for housing thing, and a whole bunch more. So if you like to get rich, that's a show you want to come to, because he always gives people like tips on money makers, and if things are no longer viable, if new things are viable. He's always got a pretty good tap on the market. Still writing the... Listen next week. That clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still writing the, working on the book, Rich Hero, Poor Hero. Even the, even the syndicate... <laughs> The syndicate hates him. Get one yeah. get rich quick ski. <laughs> oh my god, you've gotta put that in next week's thumbnail. <laughs> Even the syndicate hates him. The syndicate hates this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And you got and you got like, got... like a blurred out dong on the screen somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the only versions of those ads you know about are on porn websites. You know that they have those on, like, all kinds of websites that are just like, you know, this man figured out how to completely abuse the system and make $3,000 a month. But, no, you're going yeah. for the, the penis extension one. Scientists well, that's what him. you were getting at. That's Sci getting scientists at. hate him. No, those kind of ads exist for everything. Scientists <laughs> hate him. This man found one secret to maximum fat burning. <laughs> but, no, you went straight for the dong. I noticed. Well, okay. I'm just going for maximum clickbait, dude. Everyone clicks on a dong. Maximum click dong. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Or boobs. Yeah, there you go. No, ew. Plastic surgeons hate him. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, yeah, Ash will be joining us next week. And then I don't know, what's, uh, what's the date for the show that you're on, Athos, out of curiosity? Uh, uh, Let me look at the calendar real quick. It is going to be the 6th of July. The 6th? The 6th. You mean the 5th? Well, it's the fifth. Well, the fifth for us. It's the fifth the for fifth us. Year. The following, Sorry, the following week. So the following week is actually the week Deep Dungeon is most likely coming out, July twelfth, based oh, on based on the predictions of that. So the following episode after the one with Ethis will be an episode about Deep Dungeon because oh, I'm finishing day. it. I'm finishing it that day. So 
I don't know about you guys. And then we'll probably oh, have a live definitely. letter. Honestly, we'll probably have a live letter by July 19th, I imagine. I mean, have to have so. a, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Eh, maybe by like July 23rd. July 23rd, I'm going to guess. Is, wait, did they, they tell coming, us? They've been coming about a month apart at the moment. They, they didn't so. tell us when the next live letter was at the end of the E3 one, did they? No, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Those no. bastards. They've never done that. And maybe it was the last one. <laughs> And then we also have the Yokai Watch event, which we're guessing is going to start mid-July as well. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about over the next few shows. Yep. Just wanted to share that, make sure everyone has planned. So, on that note, we are going to wrap the show up. Ethis, I gave you a big intro, but I don't have much in terms of outro, so why don't you take care oh, of that? Dude, come on. All right, fine. Um, I'm, what, how, do, how did you describe me in the intro? you got to uh, give me the whole script for it. I'm just going to Is it narcissistic if I like apply those same titles to myself? I mean, if Legends... If Legends... I said you, you're an apprentice Archon. An apprentice Archon. Oh, but okay. you're a master right, of fine. lore. Fine. I, I am apprentice Archon. Ethis Von Asher. And, uh, so you're, you an, you're, an, you're an Archon oh. from the Garlean Empire. Am I getting that correctly? Yeah, you heard me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, third eye. I hide it under my... Dick. Under this one. Um, anyway, so you can find me, youtube.com slash, ooh, ooh, ignore that, youtube.com slash Ethis Asher, uh, Twitter, <laughs> at Ethis um, I will, I will actually note now, so I saw some dudes rolling some fiber optics out on the street the other day, and I was like, oh, holy shit, you're upgrading my internet, when that's gonna, when's that going to happen, when am I going to be able to stream? And they were like, mm, anywhere between one and eight months, so... <laughs> I have, I, have, I have a Twitch channel. A lot of you are actually subscribed to it, considering, uh, sorry, not subscribed, following it. Um, considering, like, I've, I never stream, I've got like a ridiculous number of followers. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Check my channel for announcements uh, regarding when I'm going to be setting up a regular uh, Twitch stream. But I will be streaming regularly as soon as that ball is rolling. So, look forward to that as well. And I'll see you guys all at FanFest. And look forward to a video on my channel about what's happening with me at FanFest. Uh, Sly, where can the people find you? Am I pointing the right way? It doesn't matter because you're the only one on the screen. Oh, okay. Well, now no, he's the only one on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash slyakagreyfox. You can find me on Instagram at slyakagreyfox07. You can find me on Twitter at slyakagreyfox. You can find me on Behemoth Plot 14, Ward 5 of the Lavender Beds, where I am suffering my enemy. Um, Mike, where can they find you if they have if they don't already know? If you don't already know, you're living under a rock. Or you're living next to one. What's up, Dwayne? Anyway, so <laughs> that's not I don't live under that rock, by the way. That's that's Dwayne back there. That's our that's our good friend Dwayne the Rock. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's more like a boulder. Anyway, you can find me everywhere, Mr. Happy1227, Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, if you hadn't figured that out. If you haven't figured out at least two of those four locations and you're seeing me say this, I'm yeah, sure. you're living under that rock. Then you are living under that rock. That's what you're doing right now. That's, I'm convinced of that, okay? Uh, and on top of that, one little quick shout-out. Uh, you said at this mention that he had um, that he's going to be posting schedule for the Twitch stream anywhere in the next one to eight months, <laughs> whenever that might happen. But don't forget, he's going to be doing um, some sort of I don't know, fundraiser, GoFundMe, something along those lines in order to make sure you could take care of expenses going to Fan oh, Festival. Yeah, yeah you um, guys will see that in the next couple of days. I do, yeah. I've got my ticket, I've got my plane booked. I, I literally broke the bank doing it. I was very irresponsible. So I'm going to have to find a way to feed myself 
in between now and then. So um, yeah, if you guys check out video incoming on the channel in the next few days, that would be very, very helpful. And yes, I did see that you got us dinner because you were waiting outside and then you found out I was still going live. <laughs> Mel, Mel was waiting. I didn't know she was waiting for me, apparently. She just went to go get us dinner and I'm just here. <laughs> Bad boyfriend. Bad boyfriend. Bad boyfriend, yeah. So I'll show you can go get the dinner. All right. You, really weird <laughs> that, that Sly's lips are like off sync for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, now you're just fucking with the system, so you can shut your whore mouth right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, okay. So, uh, on that note, guys, we're going to wrap this up. We'll see you next week for our crafting extraordinaire, Ash Tang, Woo! as he joins it. But until then, everyone, we're going to have a pretty short post show because we had a super long regular show. So, we'll see you next week. And until then, take care. Bye. See you next week.